let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome back to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast it is our season finale season seven is done after today episode number 70 here on monday february 19th 2018 i am joe Murata. this is still michael quinn how you doing there michael howdy doody howdy doody man season seven wow. is uh in the can as of today so this, huh? is, this is 70 right 70 we have some great things in store for you today. Since it's the finale, Quinn and I meticulously plan these things out. You know oh, that. This has been planned for decades. Right? <laughs> I mean, honestly. Before we get to anything, I just want to remind you, follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPPodcast at gmail.com. And the Facebook group, Quinn, has been exponentially growing in membership. I don't know what happened. I think it's just the world is discovering OVP. <laughs> the world is discovering OVP. All three hundred people uh, yes the whole world quinn will give you the spiel i guess yeah sure uh, if you go to facebook.web um <laughs> you can go over there and search for our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast mm-hmm. you hit the join button and we approve you usually you know we get to it pretty quick sometimes like i'm like on my phone at like three o'clock in the morning in my bed because I'm, I'm weird and i don't know like <laughs> i'm weird i don't fall asleep early that's different yeah so i'm I go like to sleep i'm earlier. flicking through my phone right before i go to bed and i'm like it's oh uh, you know somebody wanted to join and then i hit the button so that's how they get on and we highly recommend you checking out whether you're an old fan or a new fan whether you remember a lot or little uh, whether you have tons of knowledge or you remember hogan body slamming andre the giant yes and you liked ivan putski perhaps it really doesn't matter your come one come all knowledge it's you know we welcome the unwashed masses yes. of professional wrestling <laughs> retro fans week, we are the statue of liberty of a retro wrestling yeah. groups head on over there and check it out another thing is you might be listening on soundcloud maybe that's how you found us that's what we link to on our website and things like that mm-hmm. that is not i repeat that is not the only place to listen to us quinn where else is there well there's apple podcasts yes there is there where you can subscribe mm-hmm. don't forget the subscribing and you can also leave a review on there, but mm-hmm. please, five stars only, like, just be Meltzer about a Kenny Omega match. <laughs> if we could give six, that would be great, but You're right. you can Ash. only get five. Thanks, Dave. There's Google Play Music. Mm-hmm. There's Stitcher. Who cares? Whoa! Whoa, Stitcher. I didn't Stitcher even get to FM Player or that, Auto or I guess Gorilla's not fucking around today. Yeah, he's like, come on, can, can we... <laughs> uh, but there's various places to find us, and please uh, choose wisely. Choose the one that works best for you, but if you are a user of Apple Podcasts, iTunes, please leave us a five-star review. Let's. It actually is effective. Yes, I've seen a lot of podcasts, like, get more listens because of that it actually helps it actually helps and it looks like oh people do listen to the show and they do review the show and they do like the show uh so check us out there another thing quinn speaking of people that really like the show if you really like the show you can go to patreon.com slash ovp podcast and it's not just uh give us your money because we want the money for the production costs or something at all it's all paid for already the show's paid off the show's (laughs) been paid for years it's actually a way where if you want to support us uh we're allowing you to and in return, Quinn, what do we give back? Every month for the $3 tier, you get 
a live review. Mm-hmm. It's a live review of WWF 1982. We watched the wrestling. Like, you get to see the video screen and what we're watching and what we're mm-hmm. reacting to. And it really sucks right now, April yeah, of 82. It's, it's pretty dumpy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but not only that, there's a weekly thing that comes out. Right. Too. And this is where I downsell <laughs> uh, the $2 tier where you can get commentaries of us talking over things on the network. Like, you know, like we're like Gorilla and Bobby or something like that, right? We are a lot like them. Yeah. You know what? Mm-hmm. If you get the $3 tier, you get both. That's right. You get both. See, yeah. there's the upsell again. Yeah. See, first from the down and then back up. Yep. It's good. It's all, there's a method to my madness. There Joe. really is, Quinn. And honestly, if you want a free preview of what these commentaries are like, we actually put one on our normal podcast feed a couple of weeks ago. It's Randy Savage versus Hulk Hogan from Paris yes. on World Tour 90. And that's free for everyone. Yeah, and anybody can get it. And if you want to go to our YouTube channel, our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast on YouTube, you can get an idea of what these live video reviews are like because we've done a bunch back earlier uh, last year. There's about five of them. There's about five of them, and that'll give you an idea of what those are like. So that's where you can find us, and we have a website, ovppodcast.com, that has links to everything, including our suggestion box, where we take your suggestions for topics on the show. And I would be remiss, Quinn, if I didn't mention two friends of the show that we love to give a shout out to every single week. We have the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, WPAN. Great show. Mm. Uh, Unique. Definitely. In the sense that it's hosted by an independent wrestler, Brian Malonis, the kingpin. I don't know how indie we could call him anymore. He works for ROH now a lot of the time. He's a big deal over there. And he's a big boy. And his partner in crime there is independent wrestling referee, Mean Mike Crockett, who is currently on an extended hiatus from uh, being a referee, and they host a great show, The Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Go check them out. And of course, Quinn, we have the little brother of the show, Young yes. Petey Winson. <laughs> yes. Little Petey. Young Petey. Yes, young Patrick. <laughs> is that a Petrick? What, what is yeah, it? Yeah, Petrick. And he hosts a very lonely show. A one-man show. Just him all by his lonesome laying down on his bed hosting this show. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Greetings from Allentown. Now, that was a peel behind the curtain yeah. recently, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. And uh, Greetings from Allentown is very unique, and it's gained a lot of traction, obviously, because we keep putting it over, clearly. Yes. Um, it's all us, really. And you can find it on the Pro Wrestling Only feed <laughs> of theplacetobenation.com. Better watch out for that. <laughs> and uh, it's great because you wouldn't think about the title, because it sounds like a Billy Joel song or something, yeah. but he actually talks about retro wrestling like we do, but not... Not as like uh, dynamic because it's just him. Not as dynamic. Not as many dudes. No, just <laughs> it's really just him just laying him in talking, his bed <laughs> talking about wrestling, talking about Action Zone from '95. Like he just watched <laughs> like on his VHS or something. And in all seriousness, it's a great show. Yeah. Greetings from Allentown, GF Allentown. So go check that out. Okay, plugs are out of the way, Quinn. The season finale. We're freewheeling, wheeling, and dealing yep, here. Right? Uh, no more Stalin. No more uh, Stalin. One, one for the Mother Russia. <laughs> what, you, what is it? I thought you weren't going to make that joke ever yet. Well, I really like it, though. (laughs) Now, if you were following along, for episode number 60, we ended what had been a season-long arc Yes. On the history of wrestling, comprehensive, every detail was Everything covered. was really covered at that point. I, there really wasn't much else to do on this show. I, we were thinking of shutting it that down. That was going to be it. Yeah. But we did something else, because now that there's no more wrestling to cover and to be a historian about, obviously, we did the next logical thing. That's right. We started a game show. Whoa. That's right. We started Pop the Question, where each and every week we have answered your questions by spinning the question wheel and seeing where it landed. And this is our season finale so we're gonna have a couple of questions here maybe two three and on our youtube channel check it out after this show you're gonna be able to find 
us going through every single other question mm-hmm. that was submitted that did not make it to air here on OVP Podcast. Pop the question. Most definitely. Most definitely. So check that out on our YouTube channel. But Quinn, I, I want to do the honors on this first question okay. here. All okay, right? Vanna. So uh, I'm going to spin it. Okay. I'm just sitting here watching the wheels go round and round. Okay. And we have landed on Charlie Messing. Chuck Mess, if you will. Uh, the Chuck. Remember him? And he asked Quinn, mm-hmm. knowing that AOL Time Warner merger was the reason that WCW went out of business, would we even have pro wrestling if the WWF had gone out of business before? Huh. Wow. I think we would have had it in some form or I fashion. Think so. I don't think wrestling itself would have gone away. Right. Here's the thing with WCW. As bad as it was, it still was like a major company, right? right? Like they had like money and stuff. They had a lot of wrestlers. Sure. If if one of the two went out of business, somebody, all that talent would need to go somewhere. That's a good point. You know, yeah. to, to give some background here for maybe people that aren't as familiar, the AOL Time Warner merger in, I believe it was 2000. It was the deal that would create the world's largest media and online services company called AOL Time Warner. Previously, Time Warner and Turner had merged, I think, in 96. Ted Turner's influence decreased after 96, and right. especially so in 2000. And he was the driving force behind, like, why WCW exists. Correct. Ted Turner had been a big wrestling fan since the 70s and aired it on WTBS, the Superstation. Right. It was a bedrock of his uh, cable programming. Absolutely was. And he was a huge reason for WCW having a home on cable television throughout the 80s, throughout the 90s. Mm-hmm. TBS has televised some of the greatest matches and some of the greatest legends of wrestling. TNT, his network, you know, Turner Network Television, Mm -hmm. he put it on there, you know, two hours, Monday nights, whatever, the the famous story. With the merger of AOL, which is funny to say AOL, you know, but that was a big deal back then. Believe it or not, AOL was one of the reasons WCW went out of business. That's America Online. Yeah, the America Online. That's like, you know, just some news site now or something. (laughs) It's not even anything. Nobody gets their internet from AOL anymore. No, but to many 90s kids, AOL was almost synonymous with the internet. I mean, yeah, that's the crazy thing. Back then, AOL literally was one of the only gateways to the internet for most people. It absolutely was. That was the internet to me as a young lad, you know? So anyway, they merged with Time Warner, who again had already merged with Turner earlier. Ted Turner is a non-factor at this point. Mm -hmm. WCW, the company, had been so mishandled in a lot of ways. There's no one person's fault, and it's not fair to pin it on any one person. Not Vince Russo, not Eric Bischoff, not Kevin Nash, not Bill Bush. I don't care. You know what I mean? I mean, Overall, it was like the corporate structure is what took it down, really. The corporate structure took it down, and it wasn't a viable, for lack of a better term, commodity at that point. Right. WCW had lost a lot of money. The AOL Time Warner merger made them look like, well, why do we want this company that doesn't turn a profit, that doesn't make money, why do we want this anymore? Listen, the AOL wasn't wrong. To be no, fair, this thing lost money for like a, a long, long time. ass time. It was profitable for maybe like two a years. A few years, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. As far as wrestling is concerned, right. wrestling would have never ended. That's I, the I, thing. I, I don't like... So the second part of this question 
It's a loaded question, Chuck Mess, and thank you for submitting that. Vince McMahon's WWF. I sound like the, the narrator. Yeah. Vince McMahon's WWF. The greatest company. <laughs> the greatest company ever. Had come dangerously close, from certain accounts anyway, to going out of business. I mean, you could see the decline in production quality, in effort, in a yeah. lot of things around 95. Hi, fans. I'm Stan Lane, and welcome to the World Wrestling Federation's Super Slams. To be fair to them, a dip in production quality wasn't necessarily like, you know, they're in bingo halls and no, like they, they, they're it's dark and dank and terrible. Like, but it was indicative of their yeah. cost cutting. Right. That's when they shut down the majority of their Coliseum video stuff. They shut down B circuits of house shows right. in the 90s. They started to wind down and kind of streamline to the point where they were running noticeably smaller houses for TV. That's fair, but I mean, as far as their production value yeah. was still there, they were putting on the air of like, no, this is the same old correct. WBF. They were putting on the face of everything's fine. Yeah. And it was that voice was Vince just yelling about how fine everything yeah, was. anything can happen here. I mean, <laughs> right. Get a good look if you would at the Brad Radford, a grungy looking individual. Meanwhile, people were tuning out in mass by 1996 mm -hmm. to go to the other channel. But knowing Vince McMahon's resolve, I mean, this is the dude that just said he's going to restart the XFL. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised that WBF hasn't been restarted at this point. Well, don't just say that. You don't want to get. You don't want him to hear this show because then we'll have you know Gary Stride coming and Mighty Mike Quinn. And, apparently, yeah, I'll be a household name again. <laughs> Again, yeah. were you ever even a house? Well, back game? then, WBF. <laughs> Whose house? Um, Mike yeah, Quinn's house. All the twelve-year-olds who watched Challenge. <laughs> Resurrection of Mike Quinn. But I mean, if WWF had gone out of business, I don't know if I can. Uh, that's such a hypothetical to me because I don't think they would have. No, I. It, let's just say they did. I think. Period. They would have just went to WCW. That's it. Period. I think like, so. That's it. And I think that's all it would have been. You also have guys like Jim Cornette. Say what you want about him as a promoter, and Paul Heyman, who would have kept wrestling. They love wrestling. Like Jim Cornette would have like done something. He would have ran a wrestling promotion <laughs> out of a paper bag. He somehow. would have because like, he loves it. It's, I it's, don't care, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, like, like it's <laughs> it's in his blood. Yeah, they would have figured something out to keep wrestling going. Right. Jeff Jarrett would have Jerry Jarrett would have appeared out of the weeds. You know. Who knows if WWF would have went out? Maybe ECW would have been bigger because then there would be that market for it to. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, all those the talent that, that Vince had that can't all go to WCW because there's no room for them. Yeah, uh, they would have had to go somewhere. Yeah, maybe the NWA would have gotten bigger again. I mean, it, it still existed. But, there, it there's sucked. a lot. Let's put it this way: there's a lot of different directions that could have gone. Yes. But I don't think wrestling as a whole would have disappeared. Absolutely not. But great question. Yeah, let's give the wheel another spin here. Do you want me to do a quiz or do you want to yeah, go do ahead? It? You, you can wow. handle the wheel. I'm handling the wheel today. I've handled the wheel a lot this yeah. this season. You know what? I only got to do it one other time. Yeah. So, all right. I'll give you all the spins. Okay. That, you know, whatever, how many we have here. All right. Well, we do have time for another one at least. Okay. So let's give it a go. Ooh, the wheel in the sky all right. And it has landed on a question. Oh, from Pat Ray. Okay. Big fan of the show. Hi, Pat. Great question. Kind of tied in, actually, Quinn, believe it or not. Why did WCW have so many different people <laughs> running the company over the years. That's, That's a great Lord. question. Good Lord. <laughs> well, like we had said earlier, the corporate structure tended yeah. to do that. Yeah. The, the thing with WCW, 
is uh, they're somewhat notorious for having a lot of turnover at the top until Eric Bischoff. That's where there was stability. So a lot of that stemmed not only from the corporate structure, but the resistance to um, having a wrestler run it. Yeah, that's the thing. Dusty Rhodes was the booker during the time of the buyout. When, right, and when he Turner was, bought it. you know, he was basically the booker, executive producer, or whatever the yeah. hell they called Virgil him. Virgil Runnels. Virgil Runnels. Like, basically the entire time NWA was, like, huge. Like, yeah. JCP was huge. Correct. Mid-80s into the late 80s. Right. The buyout occurred in late 88, and that's right around the same time in December, Dusty was let go. Right. And so now there's this big gap. You, Dusty was kind of, like, the creative force behind the company. Absolutely. And that's where we bring in Pizza Hut man, yeah. Jim Hurd. <laughs> yes, Mr. Pizza Hut himself. Dumbest asshole ever met in my life. Now you gotta think of the dichotomy here, the difference, the paradox, if you will. You have Dusty running it, and you got the angle of daddy and the booking and the matches, right? Yeah. And then you have the CEO, the big wig, right? The suit and tie, not the wrestling yeah. guy coming in. I, and it's such a variance. It's such a difference. Yeah, it's like the difference if, like, Jack Tunney ran the WWF <laughs> in real life and, like, Vince yeah, McMahon was right. just, like, a stooge on commentary. But it, it's true. It'd be like, like if there was no Pat Patterson yeah. booking the WWF at the time. And it was yeah. just, like, Vince himself and, like, a businessman. Yeah, I, I joke about that. I'm sure Tunney was a booker in whatever territory. It's a promoter, but... but yeah, <laughs> my point is, it's like, it's like it's basically a guy that doesn't really know what the hell he's doing it's basically like you have the small mechanic shop for all these years and it's yeah. like veto the owner you know what i mean he's not a great businessman but he knows his cars yeah but then it's like no shit we want to be a corporation now damn it get me a suit and tie in here and have him come in yeah and, and that actually happened to my my old mechanic victor yeah where this company bought them and now it's not the same it's like if the jp morgan chase ceo came it's yeah. like i'm gonna run this mechanic exactly shop. Like, it's like but what maybe he's great with the numbers you know yeah. this uh jim hurt fella i mean maybe he did great things for pizza hut i didn't see their financials i'm sure mr Mielzer match did did he have anything to do with the noid or was that domino's I don't <laughs> <laughs> that's that's domino's no, isn't it yeah. the noid the noid uh, it takes fresh baked quality to avoid the noid and then it turned over to Kip Fry, who was, by by my understanding, slightly better. Yeah. And then we went back to Bill Watts, a wrestling man. Yeah. The reason why there were so many people is because it didn't work. No no one's like, you know what? That Jim Hurd, they were great. Yeah. It was like they were there. They did some good things and some bad things. But ultimately, they weren't a driving force behind something mm-hmm. the way Dusty had been creatively. Yeah. Dusty was he had his fingers in everything, really. He, he did. And for better or for worse. Yeah. right? But at least he was involved in everything and he knew the business. So, Quinn, that brings us to Bill Watts here in 92. I want your thoughts on Bill Watts and his kind of antiquated style in the booking sense. He's a sound booker, like from for all intensive purposes. Like he's not stupid; he understands the business. Absolutely, but you he know, opened the door in nineteen ninety. What is it? Two, two or one or one or two? I forget. Yeah, it was nobody wanted that. Like nobody wanted this no top rope shit. Right? They were trying to get rid of that for like ever. <laughs> right? Like, I, I think the NWO was around when that rule still was existing. <laughs> the over the top. Yeah, yeah, I think it was the very tail end. Yeah, the fact like that shit ruined a lot of stuff. <laughs> I don't care what Bill Watson. He remember he has that stupid excuse and yeah. some like thing. He's like, oh, they could just like put put him over. They had to cheat or why? Who cares? I know it's like, a self fulfilling prophecy. There's people doing like fucking four eighties from the top rope. Wow, whatever the fuck with the cruiserweights. Why do we need these like 
rules. Who cares? <laughs> uh, the no mats. Yeah, that oh, was bad. Let's endanger the like, lives of the people. Not only this. are we going to add stupid rules, but we're also going to make sure everyone gets hurt. Good. <laughs> and he would do a lot of cost cutting stuff, which I think endeared himself to uh, some of the higher ups. You know, he he banned um, certain things from the backstage area on the concession end. You know, in the refreshments and things. He was yeah, very but I mean, nothing near what school. Bischoff did. So what Bischoff did in '93 was crazy, and this is where. You know, he has good qualities and bad. Bischoff was a good blend of of having business sense, mm-hmm. kind of a salesman esque technique too, right, to like to get right. through to people. Greasy, you know, like greasy salesman type thing. But he he sold himself. He mixed it just right with the wrestling, and he had enough experience in the business as an AWA announcer and right. a WCW announcer to at least have some kind of fundamental understanding. He understood what he was what enough he was managing. Of, yeah, like, at least uh, that. Yeah, he couldn't get in the ring and tell you how to do a match. Yeah, like the way Dusty could, let's say. Or but even I don't think that Watts. was his aim. Exactly, like, it wasn't his aim. Right, his aim was. I want to make WCW a profitable company first, right? Yep. And he did. Mm-hmm. I want WCW to compete with Vince McMahon. And he did. I want WCW to beat Vince McMahon. And it did. And he did temporarily, right? Yeah. So Eric Bischoff was the stability, but by late 99, all the creative control that had been weaved in through these Turner contracts, all this shit that had happened... Bad decision making on the booking end. Bad decision on yeah. the creative end. And basically all the decisions made to bring in this talent, the concessions to bring in this talent, Absolutely. caused this situation where the inmates ran the asylum truly, yeah. even though Bischoff was figuratively the head. Yeah, exactly. And that brought us to Russo and Ferrara, who uh, I think get half of a bad rap. Some of it's 100% deserved. Yeah, but a lot of it inherited was because of all this creative control, like, screwing up everything. Right. I mean, honestly, it's very easy for any wrestling fan, including me or Quinn, to sit here and say, well, if I was at the helm, I would have booked this and done this. You're dealing with real people with real contracts. Yes. With real egos. You would literally have to, like, make a decision from the top to, like, say... We're not dealing with Hogan. Right. We're not dealing with basically anybody who's in the main event scene. Yep. And we're only going to push Booker T and the cruiserweights. Jeff Jarrett, unfortunately. And and in 1999, that wasn't a rational decision. Correct. You know? Yep. By, you know, 2000, 2001, maybe. Yeah. But, you know, by then, all these guys fucked everything over. Absolutely. I think the ultimate answer to this, and I'll give you the last word on this question. We'll do one more. We have time for one more. It's a finale. But I think my ultimate answer on this one, as far as why, not only did it didn't work, I think the reason it didn't work for so long, besides the, the nice Bischoff stretch and the Dusty stretch, is because in WWF, that's Vince McMahon's company. Yeah, a singular voice. money. This was Ted Turner's money that he gave so much leeway to spend in a stupid way mm-hmm. that the inmates, like you said, were allowed to run the asylum. No one had as much of a vested interest in WCW the way Vince McMahon did in WWF. Ultimately, everybody in the company was essentially playing with Turner's money. Correct. Turner was just, here's the money, do what you want. Beat Vince, beat Vince. Beat be Vince, but do it do the what way, you want. do whatever you want. Hogan, doing it. guarantee contract, sure. Hall and Ash, sure. Like, Bret Hart, yeah. fuck it. You know what yeah. I mean? That type of thing. And for a time, it worked with the NWO and all that, but for it was, most of it, nobody, <laughs> right. no, nothing ever worked out because... You need a singular voice like a Vince McMahon. You need somebody with stakes. Absolutely. Stakes. That's the best way to put it. I guess that's it then. One more question then? Yeah, sure. All right. Let's spin it. The wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round, round and round. 
All right, Quinn. Oh, it's the showrunner himself, AJ Smith. Oh boy, <laughs> getting the last. What do we got here, here from the the AJ man? Another one that's tied in. Which works better for wrestling? One head Booker or a creative writing team? Okay, so this I this isn't just WCW to me. This is it's WWF now. Yeah this this goes to everything. So first of all, the situation with WWF right now, just as a example, right? Sure. You know, Vince has the ultimate say, but there's a team of writers. Is that is that is that Correct. fair to say? Yes, there's I don't know how many, but I would imagine at least two dozen writers right. collectively. In the old school way of doing things, as opposed to that, was that, you know, you just have a head booker and he just that's it. Yeah, like he, he just writes everything and And he might know. have a confidant or two like Vince Yeah, Vince, advisors or whatever, idea men, somebody bounce off. Exactly. Vince worked closely and kind of Vin, Vince had ideas, but he didn't do the day to day booking. Mm-hmm. Vince would use guys like Pat Patterson, Bruce Pritchard for a time, Jim Cornette for a time, Jim Ross. Yeah. Uh, and Vince Russo obviously was the first real writer. And Vince would put his stamp of approval. But we're talking guys that could fit around a dining room table. Right. Not a writing room. Exactly. That for, you know, what we've seen in the past is what worked, right? I mean, that's what we expected out of wrestling. Once wrestling became a publicly traded company, I don't think you could do that anymore, really, because how do you present that to shareholders? You know, you need to look professional, right? It's a good point. You can't tell the shareholders that you wrote this out at your pool. Yeah, you can't tell the shareholders that um, all the things you see on the screen are the product of uh, some guy in the basement right. at, at at Titan Towers. Like it's true. Like you you can't do that anymore. I think part of it's a fate of like a facade almost. Part of it to is. make it look important, but that's also not the real story because of somebody named Stephanie McMahon. Yeah, that's she's a big part of it. Yeah, um, what works better in my opinion, creatively, creatively, I think. Um, I truly think like a committee, but just like not as big. I agree. A small committee. The problem with having one guy that's autonomous is you're going to get one guy's really bad ideas too. Right. And bad humor or something right. like you're, you're just looking at the company through the lens of one. Right. Welcome to McMahon's million dollar mania. I guess you could say, like, you know, Dusty Rhodes is a good example of yes. like that working. It, and, and that starting to not work at the end. The but thing is, is, like, working. how do you, you can't find people. Like, Dusty Rhodes is like a diamond in the rough. He's sure. a wrestler, um, you know, a businessman, a, a, a technically. Talker, a, 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 you know, a talent, a booker. A booker. He's, he's literally every single, you know how there's the, the five tool wrestlers? Yep. He's like the 27 tool yep. wrestler. Like, he does everything he knew how to do with an in depth understanding of the yeah. business, and he had done it. However, you have a guy like a Vince Russo. Bro. Who was none of the above? <laughs> I mean, he was good. He was a good writer. He was a good exactly. He was not a wrestler. He was not really a. T- he was a, his funny talker. Yeah, but he was not a wrestler. Good really. television writer, and he even trained to be a wrestler. Did you know that? Johnny Rods trained him. Yeah, briefly, he, yes, because he said, "I don't want to do this without." And I, I, I respect that. I'm sorry. Ferrara I did. was that, a worker too. Yeah, actual exactly. wrestler. Uh, but Vince Russo was the first of the writers. Right. Whereas where you'd be drafting in a guy to actually write the television show. That mm-hmm. that is the corner turner in my opinion. Now it had been done like Bill Watts had an episodic television show. Paul Heyman yeah. had an episodic television show. But, but these nobody were, had like codified it, right? Yes. Like, cemented that this is a television show. Correct. Vince Russo was the first one and then Ferrara came in. We are the writing team. We are the writers of the show. If there were credits, they would be the writers. Right. Not the bookers, not putting the matches together. Mm-hmm. But the writers, so but I agree with you. I think a small committee is better. A small committee, and who who do I want on said committee? I want 
a mix, really. I, yes. want, I want television writers who understand, like, hey, I don't want people to change the channels. I want, you don't like him, but I want the Jim Cornette types. I, I, I don't dislike Jim okay. Cornette. What do you like, mean? I just mean, I want those guys. I like, who, I like Cornette. Yeah, I just want those guys who understand the old school mentality. Yeah. I also want guys who understand the modern the pulse indie, of the people. The pulse, like, what do the wrestling fans of today like? Correct. You mix all that together, and people that, like, agree with each other not like everyone like oh vince russo sucks ass and, and jim Cornette's a piece of shit right like, i don't want a team like that if i was like vincent mann and like i had to make like a little tiny like i'm just gonna do the round table deal there yeah, yeah. like i would pick people at the very least who could be fucking professional <laughs> and not like talk shit about each other or like bruce pritchard like I mean, these guys had success, but they seem to, like, really hate each other for some stupid reason. It's like, you're having the most fun job ever. We would love to... I would, with pleasure, take the job of booking the World Wrestling Federation. Like, <laughs> you, you heard it here first. Quinn is applying for a job. Not only is Quinn doing a stump speech with a call for unity yeah. amongst wrestling writers and promoters and bookers of today's day and age, he is also <laughs> offering his services. Here, you heard it here first in episode 70. He is offering his services, Vince McMahon. Are you listening, Paul Levesque? Listen. To I, book the World Wrestling Entertainment Enterprise. I'm just saying this job should be the fun stuff right like sitting around in a room being like what if we have a triple h fight farouk you're fired quinn no but the point is is like as the booker you have to look at like everybody on the roster good and bad so and like how do we make them entertaining like you know what i mean like that's the end game but it's like that's the fun part right how do we make that shit good like you know like (laughs) absolutely like don't have to argue everyone it seems like posturing for position it's like you should just be like i'm gonna be a writer that's all i'm gonna be to stop it like but yeah that's that's how i would approach it as far as like what i like better like we said like small Small committee small committee not big committee i i totally agree with you uh that's that's it that's it we've finished the question wheel for uh like i said for more questions the ones that didn't make it the ones that didn't get landed on check out our youtube channel we're gonna run down the list of all the submissions and we'll be able to uh to go through all those this is the end of the question well quinn they're taking down the set after this show oh, they're man, tearing I, it down i already I know. see the you know if you got the camera thing yeah you know, i know you, you can you, see you them could, taking down the see, set you can see them taking down the set uh, the it's very sad but folks we're gonna come back with the final mount rushmore and death valley of the season after a brief break so we'll be back right after this OVP Podcast will return after these brief messages. Why is America on America Online? I don't know! It puts the whole internet right at my fingertips. You can send instant messages just like that. The news is breaking. I've got it now. I can stay a little closer to my family. You've got mail. America Online. Easy to use. Friendly menus. Put in the disc, click, you're online. And we've been working night and day to more than double capacity and make it even easier. I got homework help, and my dad thinks I'm a genius. America Online, so easy to use, no wonder it's number one. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for joining us here for 
episode number 70, our season seven finale. Folks, we're here for the final Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of the season, that is. We don't want to, you know, end that segment today, lest there be a revolt against our show, you know, Mm -hmm. and and we dare jump the shark after season seven like most shows do. Yeah. (laughs) Like, episode 70 is always the jump the shark moment. Is that when Fonzie actually jumped the shark in in Happy Days? But you know what I have to say about Fonzie? Fuck Fonzie. Yeah, fuck Fonzie. <laughs> so, anyway, I'm folks. sure the clip of Fonzie um, <laughs> with his stupid line at WrestleMania 7 will play. I want to say I'm so happy that the Ultimate Warrior got his ultimate win. So, anyway, folks, we're here to do uh, Mount Rushmore and Death Valley for each week. We have put, and we will continue to put, don't worry, four of the best of something onto Mount Rushmore, and four of the worst are going to go down into the desert of Death Valley. And since it's the finale, Quinn and I have put our heads together and labored over this topic for many 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 minutes and yeah. uh, we have decided many minutes outside on the porch yes that we are going to do the mount rushmore and death valley of promotions promotions yes. wrestling promotion mm-hmm. what it, is that in its simplest terms is like the company that puts on the matches yeah that you like you know like you know you ever go to wrestling and you see the matches yes match. the match dave that's usually run by a promotion right it's not just like out of thin air that the guys get in the ring right. and fight with all the fights somebody's gotta make the fights yeah like promote the fights yeah. even and usually um in a promotion you have a promote tour um which maybe we can do one of those one day like best promoters yeah but for now, we'll do best promotions. So WWE would be a promotion. Yes, uh, they've existed for quite a while, for over fifty years. Yeah. what is it now? For over since that one, like over well, over see, seventy years. See, the thing is, in that soundbite, they were saying fifty years, but that would make them like around in the forties, and technically they were. What were they talking about there? They were just kind of stretching the truth. <gasps> Because Vince Senior and like his dad, are we Jess talking McMahon, about Jess McMahon? I at think this so. Point? We're and talking about Tootsmont and all that. Yeah, I think Tootsmont is referenced in that. Okay. Joseph Tootsmont sculpted the foundation of what would become WWE. In wrestling promotions, obviously, there's good and there's bad. Now, a good one might be one that was good and went out of business. That doesn't make it a failure. No. It a, bi- a business failure, yes, but not right. a creative failure. Not at all. Now, I don't give a shit what their business is. I want to be entertained, damn it. Right. So if they failed because they sucked at running their business, that doesn't make them bad creatively. There's some that still exist that might be horrible. <laughs> yes, like. that's true. There's some that keep getting money somehow, and yeah. people from alternative rock groups get involved with them <laughs> right. and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Quinn, I suppose since uh, I had the um, intro, you have the uh, Pinto. Well, um, I think the most obvious number one here would be the biggest in the world that still uh, exists. TNA? No, not them. Oh, sorry. The World Wrestling Entertainment slash Federation slash Worldwide Wrestling Federation slash Capital Wrestling. (laughs) Yeah. The whole run. Titan Sports. The thing is, is... They're the reason that we have a show that we. They're can the do. reason that there's podcasts about wrestling. <laughs> like they are the comp. They they're the company. Yeah. Now I know that you know wrestling was mainstream in the fifties because Gorgeous George was on the Dumont Network. Yeah. Gorgeous George with his police escort. I know that Abe Lincoln was allegedly a wrestler. Yeah, I, I think th- Capital Wrestling ran that match once. <laughs> yeah, Toots Mott was For like, over 100 years. Like <laughs> Toots was winding down his career during yeah, that match. Yeah. But let's be honest here, folks. For those of us that are like living and breathing and cognizant and cogent yeah. in this day and time, we know the WWF. Like, you know what it is. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those situations, like, we the have a lot now. on this Rushmore stuff. Yeah. It's like, there's WWE. 
and then there's everyone else. Yeah, no shit. It's like saying, well, Major League Baseball isn't the number one baseball promotion. Yeah, it'd be like putting like minor league hockey, arena hockey or whatever the hell before the NHL. It's like, no. Be like putting arena football or the XFL before the NFL. Right. It's almost at the point where WWE almost became, less so now, Mm -hmm. a genericized trademark. It's a catch-all for wrestling. Like the way Kleenex is for tissue. For a long time. I still call my tissues Kleenex. He does. I mean, how do you not put them? Now, creatively, to be fair, they have some dips. They have some valleys. Of course. And, you know, when you exist for over 50 years or whatever they say, you know, you can't be great. I mean, we're looking at 1982. It sucks balls. I mean, it's really bad. Yeah. It's not like they were always good. But, you know, overall, as a company, they're the king of wrestling. They have provided to me personally, and this is our vantage point. We want to know yours, Mm -hmm. by the way. I don't want to fail to mention that you can let us know your Rushmore and Death Valley of Wrestling Promotions because I'm sure there's going to be variants of opinion and we we welcome that. Mm-hmm. We embrace that. Uh, so let us know on Facebook or email us or, or reach us on Twitter. But they have provided to me, Quinn, and you too uh, so many wonderful moments. Emotional release. Catharsis. Anger. But what a return, what a comeback by Batista, the animal winning his second Royal Rumble match. Happiness, laughter even sometimes, they they can be funny. Yep. Great times. Right. And not just as kids, I mean, even in our 30s. Right. Even as recently as Royal Rumble, which we happily watched. Yes, I enjoyed that event, believe it or not. The fact that they even have shows that are like... These are like tentpole like shows for, throughout the year for any wrestling fan yeah, of all ages. Right. They got the Royal Rumble, the WrestleMania, the SummerSlam, and the Survivor Series. Like everyone shows up for that shit. You sound like Bret Hart. I'm just saying that the that, SummerSlam. Yes, I know Bret Hart in the SummerSlam. The fact that that is still a thing says That's something. Huge. Yeah, it's huge. They still at their core, no matter how they want to dress it up, no matter how many different side things they want to decorate it with. Yeah. It's guys pretending to fight, and when they do that well, they still do yep, it as well as pretending anybody. To fight in their underpants. It's still that. And they still hooked me during the Royal Rumble when you had John Cena and Roman Reigns representing yeah. the WWE guard. Yeah. They did it. They're aware. Yeah. They know. And Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, Finn Balor. Yep. They balanced it perfectly. I don't know what the pulse is on that. I don't know what the general reaction is yeah. on that show. I didn't see anyone bring up the fact that those last two, were, like the last four or whatever, it was like two opposing I things. loved it. Yeah. I thought it was great. WWE um, is is wrestling to me. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean I don't appreciate other promotions. I certainly do. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's my favorite. It's the best overall they have the biggest moments in sure. my life when it comes to wrestling. You right. know, yeah. all the big moments, memories, things I've looked forward to, things that have disappointed me, the emotional investment mm-hmm. has all come from WWF. I, I think we're clear. That's number one, without question. All right. So for number one, let's give it up for the World Wrestling Federation. Entertainment. <laughs> now, before you get to volley number two to me Quinn I want to ask you one question are we even considering Japan or are we just yes. on? okay we are I, I, okay fair I mean New Japan Pro Wrestling I was going to bring them up for number two if you hadn't they are honestly for as much 
shit as I just spewed right now, yeah. and I meant every word of it about yeah. what WWE means to me. Uh huh. I think there's the Japanese version of me, you know, a 32 yeah. year old guy that's been in the wrestling for 20 something years, and it means more to that guy. Right. They are for a very long time has been consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, it's had its dips. Of I course. Understand. Like, I know there's the famous, um, they tried to make it like MMA in like the early 2000s mm-hmm. and they got rid of like juniors, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. as far as match quality is concerned, they're kind of the like, the source, the fount, if you will. Like, they really are like in a lot that, of ways. In a that, lot of that, ways. That's where the idea of match quality came from. I think you're right about that. Yeah. And, and listen, if you're a new viewer or listener, uh, you know that we give Dave Meltzer and company a lot of shit for the match and match. They did this match with no near falls, and it was like, and I thought it was like the best match I'd seen in years. But to to be completely honest, there is something to be said for a well wrestled match. It right. is in its own way an art form, and New Japan does it better than probably anyone in that sense. Yes, as far as their booking is concerned, I want to give some props because I think a lot of people don't think about the booking with them. I don't, so go ahead. So they are very conservative, first of all, with interference or heel turns or, or factions turning on each other. It is a big deal. You'll hear gasps. They go for the long game. Right. They also do things like, instead of the Royal Rumble... They'll have a big fucking tournament mm-hmm. to, to sure. establish who the number one contender is. It's round robin. Sure, so yeah. everyone has to fight each other. And they very meticulously pick who's in what block so that there'll be matches that people have been waiting for all year right. to see. Yeah. For if you are someone that's interested in wrestling matches that matter and, and booking that, yeah. that it, it, like I said earlier, like the long game. The long game. That's what New Japan, that's always been. And But as far as match quality, Quinn, yeah. I don't think their influence can be understated because without, you said it earlier, without New Japan setting a bar right. of this is how you can do this successfully, and I'm not talking about meaningless spot fests. Yes. I'm talking about matches that matter. Like yeah. the story surrounding it and within it matters. There's a deliberate reason why the matches are good mm-hmm. in New Japan, and it has to do with a combination of the booking and stuff. Like, people will do moves to each other that nobody was expecting because sure. they wrestle a certain way consistently on these, like, shitty house shows. Not all New Japan matches are good, oh, by the way. Of course, I know. Like, most of the, like, they have they're, these road they're to... They're junk. And they're, they ha- yeah, they have these road to whatever shows. Yeah, and they're not and, anything. Yeah, they're just they're just to establish, like, after the match, somebody got in a tussle with somebody, and it's right. like, they're gonna fight at the big event. Yeah, it's not... And no one expects, in Japan, everything to be the best match ever, yeah, either. Yeah, and that would be bad booking if you just... Yes. Every match was good. See, New Japan understands it. But as far as New Japan's contendership here, Quinn... Mm-hmm. Can anyone knock it off? No, I think its influence is like, it's there and it's established. If New Japan was like a newish promotion, mm-hmm. like that it just like came like, you know, 10 years ago or yeah, something, yeah. Like I maybe not wouldn't have considered it. Right. But this has been going on for a long time. Like you could go watch the Dynamite Kid sure. fight Tiger, Tiger Mask. Mask from like 1982 or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One last thing before we put them on. Yeah. I think um, the cruiserweights, mm-hmm. that whole movement in the in wrestling and that fast-paced movement, mm-hmm. Japan was doing it for a long, long time before absolutely. with their junior heavyweights. That's the junior heavy style. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. So that's another thing they pioneered. They, they've done a lot of things. The whole shoot style, like 
like strong style a lot of stuff they did first and it, it took america a long time to get to it yeah we have most of it now to we be do honest. yeah we do the one thing we don't have in wwe anyway not even tna and certainly not you know mm-hmm. lucha maybe some of the indies maybe even pro wrestling gorilla although they're a little more fun uh is that japan as a culture when it comes to wrestling has always treated it with much more respect and dignity Yes. Than the United States fan. But that's a cultural divide, and that's fine. I don't think yeah. we'll ever have that over here. Yeah, it's treated like sport. It's like the reason these shows are long is because it's like watching a football game. You're yes. sitting down for the afternoon or evening, and you're going to watch this thing for right. four fucking hours, and yeah. it's like, it's a treat. I'm not the biggest fan of New Japan, but I respect and appreciate the past and the present of what they do there and yeah. their influence. And if we're doing widespread global promotions, I mean, that's going to hop off the pages as a number two to me, Quinn. Definitely. All right. So believe it or not, hell is frozen over for number two, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Why don't you give me something, Quinn, to finally bring us back to the side of the hemisphere here? So I'm going to go a little early with this All right. because I feel it is very influential. I really think ECW is like pops off the pages. From really? History. Like when I see when I line up the year when they're doing stuff to when it's happening to what's happening. Mm hmm. Like, sometimes I'm watching, I'm like, I can't believe they did this in 1994, or I can't believe they did this in 1995. Like Just for example, the the going backstage after the Sandman okay. gets the fire in his eye. Sure, sure, sure. Some of the taboo, risque stuff, like, Breaking I, can't, kayfabe. I can't believe they're having women fight men, like, in, uh, yeah. in the mid-90s. Bill like, Alfonso versus Beulah, for yeah, some reason, like, was very well regarded. I, I can't believe they're doing an angle where a kid is hypnotized by uh, an adult to yeah, be a cult leader here, basically, leader, right? Yeah. They're like, doing a crucifixion angle. They're doing thumbtacks and blood. And, and some of that is not good. No, but no, no, some no. Of the, just the fact that they're doing it right. is like, what the fuck? I do think that ECW's status as somewhat of a renegade, it started as a NWA territory. Yeah. Um, Eastern Championship Wrestling, Tri-State Wrestling Alliance before that. And I do think that its status as the bingo hall running, you know, gang it was almost just like a gang yeah and it was a cult in its own way mm-hmm. i don't mean that negatively but it's the best word i can use. it was a cult its fan base was um it was, it, it was like they liked everything they did they didn't Paul care in was the david koresh yeah of of ecw we're too extreme we're too wild we're too out of control we're too full of our own shit i think that that level afforded it the experimental nature. Yeah. I don't think, though, that the few years that they had really being able to do that can put it into this elite group so far of WWE and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Okay, yeah, I understand the argument. You know? um, the, the length of time might take it off. Yeah, and I'm not just talking because they went out of business. That's okay that they did. Yeah. I get that. I don't think something experimental, just by the nature of being experimental, mm-hmm. can survive that long. Correct. I, it's it's just correct. It needed to be there to establish things and try things that the big boys really could not do because they had cable television deals yeah. and they had sponsors and they had advertising. But we saw what happened when Paul Heyman went from making that leap mm-hmm. from being the cult like ECW to being on TNN, and we saw that, like you said, eventually the experiment runs dry, and right. you've got to have something else in the bag. You have to be an ECW fan to watch this show because God knows. The network has never put out one freaking commercial or one press release to let you know that we're here. They were running out of gas yeah. creatively. 
creatively also. It wasn't just business-wise. Right. And that's the thing. If this was a, a Rushmore of most influential you promotions... You would put ECW absolute, in a second. Influential. Yeah. Because it's still, to an extent, their influence is still prevalent, whether good or bad. I don't know, though. I would have to say that we need to go to Jim Crockett promotions here and discuss them. Welcome to World Championship Wrestling, number one in professional wrestling. I'm David Crockett. With me, Tony Schiavone. Yes, definitely a solid promotion, um, a clear number two to the WWF. For years. And I don't say the number two thing negatively in this case. I truly think it got surpassed by WWF. It was better than WWF prior to like Vince really like... like 87. 87. Like, it really was. And, and in a lot of people's minds, it still is the number one. It still was the number one. There's yeah. still a lot of people that prefer what they did over anything Vince ever well, did. Well, if you think about it, in the golden age... Yeah. For about 50% of it, if you could, till 87, they were probably the best. Yeah, I mean, they wrestle in quality, a yeah. tight, coherent television show, mm-hmm. good super cards, you know, your Starcades and things like that, and yeah. untelevised un- ones that people went to. Plus, they had Ric Flair, Quinn. They had Ric Flair. Um, the Horsemen. They, ha- they were able to establish command over the NWA as the preeminent NWA territory, right? which was actually like not really that common before that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that they were the unifier, you know, all the NWA territories meet at Jim Crockett promotions. Right. Just the great angles they had with Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard, sure. Rick Flair, and Dusty. Um, Dusty. One of my favorite things. Yeah. And I love that feud. Yeah, just... Well, that's just two, but there's just so many to, to choose from. They really. had the Midnights and the Rock and Roll Express. Midnights you know? and the Rock they and Roll. They had the Road Warriors. Yeah. They had Nikita Koloff. Right. They were huge. I mean, they were, in a lot of people's minds, the best wrestling that there was in the 80s. Their in-ring work was really good for that time. Yeah. It's, it's, it leaps and bounds ahead of the WWF. Yeah. And no. not that in-ring work is everything. It's just... It's not. Five-star match and six-star match. You know, we were speaking earlier about how New Japan's culture and their audience treated it like a sport. I think Jim Crockett, and by extension, you know, of the NWA, that's about the closest you got at that time of something being treated like a real sport. Yeah. Was JCP and the NWA in general. Right. I think I'm okay with this being number three, if you are. I am too. Um, okay. I think it was really um, prevalent through the 80s, a top promotion. I think a lot of people got into wrestling because of Jim Crockett promotions. I think so, too. I mean, I think their their television show hooked a lot of people. Yeah, if you live below the Mason-Dixon line, you might have went to them before to see Ric Flair. Sure. Before you went to see Hulk Hogan. Absolutely. I, I'm fine with it. Yeah, JCP. JCP, Jim Crockett promotions for number three. I think the elephant in the room here, Quinn, is WCW. The WCW! WCW. WCW <laughs> is such a quagmire, if you will. Very good word, Quinn. So, WCW, right? Yes. After the Crockett, you know, they sell or whatever. Yeah, the it's, Crockett. it's WCW. We now. said, yeah, in 88. Yep. It's, it's, it's WCW. It phases into the WCW mode. The Ted Turner, you know, owned. Would you say their aim was to be WWF Jr. for the most part? Yes, I would. Would you say this also? At their highest of highs, when they weren't WWF Jr., that was when they were their best, when they tried their own thing with the NWO and they tried um, cruiserweights and things like that. I would say creatively, they have two phases of being not Vince Jr. About 1994, before Hogan, mm-hmm. they were on to something really good. Yes, they had. They, they I were love mixing that era. Vader, Rick Rude, Ricky Steamboat, Rick Ric Flair, Flair, all of that together 
was making Steve a, Austin. Steve Austin was making a very interesting promotion. Cactus Jack. Right. The nasties even, whatever you want to say about them, they were better there than they had been for Vince. Yeah, that's true. They I, were. Uh, as much as, as I hate Pity City and all that shit. Hogan comes in, brings in Beefcake. Yeah. Brings in John Tenta, which I love the guy, but what the fuck? It's, it's It becomes like a time warp. Yeah, to it like, was just it's some like, bullshit, Hey, man. let's be 1989, 1990 yeah. or something. But then, like you said, when the Maulers ball his opponent here in May of 96, mm-hmm. and then we get this stretch of Eric Bischoff leading WCW through something finally that was in contrast to what Vince was doing and not in competition with. Right. Just in contrast. I'm different now. Yeah. And Nitro was the reason for that. Nitro was going to be better. They needed something different. big to like stand out. They, they could not just put on like aircraft carrier version. Right. version. You had to just do raw like yeah. in, in Atlanta. Exactly. Like, That's what it would have been if, if it wasn't for Eric Bischoff's vision to make it different. Yeah. And it wasn't raw in Atlanta. It was Nitro in Atlanta. Yeah. So much so that people watched it. It was really really good. And it was. Up, like for, for a, like three four years I want to say. And I won't get into an argument about the creative you know quality yeah. because we have a di- varying philosophy on, on when they're good and bad I, was there but let that's me put fine. it this way I enjoyed it I enjoyed turning it on and yes, you would get to see too. you would get to see Dean Malenko yes. and Fit Finley Ultimo Dragon Ultimo Dragon Rey Mysterio yeah and then at DDP the, right and then at the end you get to see the NWO Randy Savage and, and Hogan yeah, and Sting and Luger it was the best of both worlds the giant yeah, yeah. I know it, no it totally was there I'm, don't forget the four horsemen of Ric yeah, Flair four, and all that yeah. shit what a goose what a goose and sting and, and it was great and it felt big yeah like it mattered it felt like something was on the line every right night, right it was like damn it's like maybe somebody's gonna win the cruiserweight title sure. maybe someone's gonna win the tv title maybe the world title will change hands who the fuck knows like but maybe lim- the nwo will finally get toppled like yeah, right. it, it was like cool yeah i was waiting for that for way too long it's one of the problems yeah. but then he had goldberg you know, yeah a bunch of things however it limped along its last few years and uh it limped along its first few years when all else fails for them they should have just been like NWO. Like I as much as you hate that. Like but like that's Vince sell, Russo drive that. But the point is that sells t shirts. It sells t shirts, yeah, but it doesn't make people watch a show. And that that was part yeah. of the problem is no one wanted to watch a show. Right. So I mean, we have WCW, we have ECW, which I don't think they're gonna touch these three here, Quinn. But yeah. is there any like the AWA is not gonna make no, it right? No, no, no. Sorry, Ruben. Here's the thing. You talked down ECW before. I right? did. Now let's just look objectively at the runs of both these companies be my guest quinn wcw you know had some a high high like very high very high the the highest of highs highs right very bigly they had these great things with goldberg and the nwo and Mm -hmm. this is all like creatively right yes because they had the money obviously Mm -hmm. they could be in bigger venues so Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna take the venues out of the equation because that's not fair it's fine and you look at ecw's uh you know, highs like the Dudley Boys and sure. the, the Raven, Sandman, Sandman, Raven, and Dreamer. Dreamer, and Taz. There's almost a lot more highs throughout its history. I don't, maybe, maybe not. I think there is. I don't think WCW that... has these weird gaps where you get ding dongs and Glacier and sure. all this bullshit, Kiwi and like. I what? know, but ECW has Roadkill and fucking sure. Tracy Smothers and shit like that. You know what I mean? Fair enough. But. ECW gave the fans what they wanted more than WCW did. That is a fair assessment. JCP 
gave the fans what they wanted almost always. Like yes. they, they wanted to see Ric Flair get his ass whooped and, every night. And they did it in a way where he could still be the champion, but right. get his ass whooped. They were creative about it. They yes. always made him slip away so the fans would be like, damn it, I just want to see you know Lex Luger get him next week. Right. Like I'm showing up next week to see, you know, or Sting or some bullshit. You but know? WCW fell into a very bad pattern, yeah. which you and I will be doing a commentary about soon for Starcade 97 <laughs> of Hogan Sting, of continually disappointing the fan. Right. Even though Ric Flair would always slip away, right? He really got his comeuppance during the match. So the fans left semi-satisfied. The NWO would just like, they would end the show with a gang beatdown. All the time! Yeah, and it was like, you didn't really feel like you got your money's worth. Like, the NWO didn't get enough comeuppance right. in, that, in that, you know, 30 minutes that you watched that main event. It's true. And for all the great things we said earlier about WWE and the emotional investment there is not a lot of WCW to get emotionally invested in. They just didn't. I mean, I can do name it. a couple. A couple. The Malenko Jericho, one of the, the the foremost ones. I would also name. Um, if you're saying emotion, I I think comedy too. Um, okay, like Jericho Cruiser. Raids. Chris Jericho again. Yes. Um, also Jericho with the list. Chris Jericho again. <laughs> it's funny. It's like Chris Jericho. Like he did carry a lot of shit. For a lot them. of the, the humor and the. It's surprising if you look at like an Jericho. There. Like he's unbelievable there. And I'd say the DDP Mark Marrow feud was great too. Yeah, that, that was yeah, good. Johnny B. Bad. But yeah. it's all mid card stuff, right? No one was invested in Hogan versus Butcher. No. But you know, people were invested in Hogan versus Sting. I'm not going to go into the whole they thing. They were. That. Yeah. That's why Star K97 let's, let's sucked. Be, like, sh- okay. Okay. Because it was a big fart. Also, the Goldberg thing. Remember when, when JJ announced it and it was like, yes, and oh, like, yeah, everyone's all happy. They did it right. And that was a huge, that was their last really good moment. Right. Really, for me. But are these emotional moments greater than ECW? I don't know. I mean, the thing about ECW is they were just so different than than WCW. I yes, I know. <laughs> That's kinda... so it's hard to compare them almost. Okay, let's go back this way. If you had to pick one promotion to go watch, and it was you only had ECW and WCW to pick from, which one would you go right now? You'd pop the network on and turn on WCW. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. As much as I give them a lot of shit, deservedly so, in my opinion, I like it more. I like what they present overall more than I like ECW. I I appreciate ECW. I do. I really do. I like it. I will watch it. I still like WCW more. Okay. Yeah, I will concede that on a success level, WCW had it. And, you know, success is bigger when the the dollar signs are bigger, the money and yeah. all that involved. ECW didn't have as much to work with, and their success was great. It was. But um, ultimately, like we said, it couldn't it couldn't last. No, and it I wasn't going to last. Yeah, I feel like every I feel like the writing was on the wall years. Like everyone knew, like, this yeah. is a special thing that's <laughs> yes. happening right now. Are we doing WCW for number four? I think so. I think so, yeah. too. Okay. A reluctant number four, but I yeah, mean. Yeah, because I really like. I feel like ECW is like, if anything, it's an honorable mention. Like, it, it, it's yeah. very, it was very good. It's been honorably mentioned, I'd yeah. say, but I'd say for number four here, it's unfortunately WCW. <laughs> is sure. that fair yeah. enough to say? They brought us Vader. I can't complain. And they brought us the NWO. Yeah. For number four, the WCW. 
Well, to recap for Donnie, this is the four best promotions in our vantage point. We have WWE, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Donnie's a big fan of that now, thanks yeah. to Quinn. <laughs> uh, Jim Crockett Promotions, the heart of the NWA in the mid-80s, definitely. Right. And a the, close number four. Yeah, <laughs> uh, almost not. Yeah. The WCW. That's our Mount Rushmore of wrestling promotions. Let us know yours. Quinn, let's get started here with the worst. This is tough. This it is. is. It actually this is. This is actually hard because... Not any promotions really is like 100% bad. Right. right? I agree with you. So this is like kind of picking like the worst of the best in a weird way. I mean, I guess like in a sense, it's not all the way. I mean, there's some real shit out there. Oh, yeah. Number one to me that stands out the most. Yes. And it's still going. Oh, no. Unfortunately, uh, (laughs) TNA. Yet to come, Jeff Jarrett to face all three members of Triple X and singles matches. Who cares? Tell me why. I love TNA at the beginning when there was AJ Styles and um well there was like another beginning when they were like daily shows that was really or, like a Jeff whole Jarrett thing yeah but like, Jeff when, Jarrett when they became the TNA like uh, its own thing that was on a weekly television show you right mean the AJ Styles Sting Samoa Joe Kurt Angle Christopher Daniels era yeah right? all that stuff the knockouts were good because the divas weren't so like right. the knockouts were like a big yes, deal there it was a strong promotion I like the beautiful people they were fun yeah with right? Kip, cute Kip cute Kip and like <laughs> and and you know Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe in like an yes. MMA match uh-huh. in a cage like. This is all interesting stuff. Right. Nobody was doing it. The um, the tri- what is that triple X thing they did where the X? Yeah, was I had, know what you mean. But it was like a rope in the X like, division. Yeah, that I was know. cool as hell. Like, right, it was different. They did all this stuff, but that was like three it years was like or something. Three year good run. Yeah, and then they do this whole thing where they're like, you know what? All that shit that's working. Fuck that. We need to be WWF. We need Junior. Hulk Hogan. We need Hulk Hogan. Right again. And they the fall NWO. for the WWF Junior I know. trick. Right. Right. They do this. But unlike WCW, where they're like, okay, we're going to change it up, which mm-hmm. WCW failed after. Right. Like, they just kept doing it over yeah. and over to the point where, like, remember when they made, like, Eric Young, like, fake Daniel Bryan? Yes. Like, it was like, they just keep doing shit. And I know <laughs> that now they're going for, like, we're going to be the top indie promotion. That's their newest thing. Why don't you just be the top TNA promotion? I know. That's enough with this. Like, they're always imitating you know, never innovating. Right. Like, they haven't innovated since, like, AJ Styles worked for that company. Like, I'm serious. And, and actually, they, they weren't innovating when they still had AJ Styles. Like, they they haven't innovated since they, like, decided that, like, Hulk Hogan was, like, the way to go. <laughs> like, it's still, like, in a weird way. I don't even know how the fuck he still shows up, but, like, Jeff Jarrett. I don't get it, it's man. It's still Jeff Jarrett. I don't get it like, with and, Jeff Jarrett. And now I know it just moved to Don Callis and yeah, Bruce I know. Pritchard or some contingent. <laughs> of, not Bruce, is it? He was there for a time. He was for a while. Like, there's always some contingent of people running it. Now this Anthem company owns it, the Owl, Anthem Owl. Yeah, I know. And, Joe, then, I just, I can't. And all the Dixie years, let's not forget. I think it's worse the fact that these weird country music, uh, Harris Brothers. Oh, like, no, the Nazi Brothers. The Nazi, like, I think it's weird <laughs> that people keep this resurrected corpse of a company alive. Do you think it's, it's called just... TNA? <laughs> Do you realize that the name is Tits and Ass because it's from, like, the Attitude Era or something? Like, it is. Like, it but, is. like, it, it stands for total nonsense. Get rid of that shit. I know that they call it, like, Impact. Impact. But they've re- they, go back and, they go back back and forth too about they that they ne- this is a company that can't even get their fucking name right Joe. <laughs> enough 
go out of business or rebrand for good. Like, this is horrible. Like, enough. Enough. So you don't like it? No, I'm done. I, I, I can't. We don't ever talk about TNA on this show. There's a reason, because it's not good. It sucks! And, like, they're old enough now to say... Like, they're approaching 20 years. Like, I can't can't believe this. How is this shit still in business? (laughs) It's been 15 hard, long years. Well, 10... I think we've been a decade since they've been good, actually. It's been about a decade since they've been good. Yeah. Oh, nine? Yeah, but still, regardless of how long it's been... They're not good. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's enough. Like, they suck. Yeah. And they have, like, they've seen it with the business. The fact that they've been shitty for so long. Yeah. There's significant argument right now mm-hmm. to say that Ring of Honor is a bigger deal. That's did been back and forth think, for a while. But yeah. did you ever think you'd see the day, as far as large, like, you know, company size. Right. Mm-hmm. Ring of Honor is actually possibly bigger than TNA. How, how the crazy. fuck do you sink that low? They have a national television deal still. Still! <laughs> how the fuck are they even on TV? I, I don't know, Joe. I don't have any argument. I just, I can't anymore. I am not going to oppose this one bit because a lot of times we have the disappointment factor. Yeah. TNA should have been better. This they, isn't some hack job yeah. promotion in someone's backyard. The next match is the Extreme Rumble. It has a lot of funding behind it. It had the panda money. Remember the panda yeah, money? Yeah, AJ Styles. They had everything. It's Samoa Joe. They had everything going. Stop for it. They fucking had, it up. They fucking sting when he could still wrestle. Yes, who brings in Hulk Hogan in 2010? For that alone, enough, enough. I was so sick of it when they brought in Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Like, we're going to do the NWO brother and Eric Bischoff. So what the fuck are you going backwards for? <laughs> it was unbelievable. And then the rings... Remember? Yeah, the, no, like, it's six sides. No, it's four sides. It's six sides. We're now TNA. It's four we're sides again. It's four sides. Enough with this shit. And they got Josh Matthews They're over like, there. Now we're on Twitch. What? Like, who cares? <laughs> For number one, TNA? Yes. Die, die, die. Enough. Okay, can I volley one to you? Can I sure. give you one? Yeah. The Herb Abrams UWF <laughs> is some of the sorriest shit I've ever seen, Quinn. This week on Wrestling's UWF Action. Hi, I'm Herb Abrams, and with me is Wrestling's living legend, Bruno Sammartino. It's bad. No, I know it's good for, like, a chuckle. <laughs> it's funny bad, okay? But this promotion lasted, like, five years, and yeah. the early stuff was that bad. Yeah. Like, we watched it, folks. Herb Abrams UWF, which he only called it that because, like, Bill Watts' version went out the of business. The fact that the name is a copy of something else right. already is, like... This is a little fishy. Right. Like, I, I don't know. Because Bill Watts had called his his rebranded Mid-South the Universal Wrestling Federation, but that folded and got bought out by Crockett in, I think, 87. I think because it was good. Yeah, Like, right. that's why somebody was like, we need to buy this. Right, right. Like, Crockett uh, bought it all up, yeah. right? And Vince got some of his talent, too. So Herb Abrams here, the cocaine man. Yeah, in 91, or 90, I forget, starts the Universal Wrestling Federation, which operates out of dingy casinos, I think, and kitchens. I'm not it's sure. unbelievable. Like, <laughs> I, I don't even know. And, and weird television sets with ninjas. I don't understand what the fuck this show is. It's a very bad promotion, and there's literally no way around that. It's horrible. Yeah. 
It's really bad. It, it just, it reeks, you know, heroes of wrestling mm-hmm. and how like shady that felt. Like, are these guys going to get it, paid after yeah, this? It, it felt like a are promotion, like it was a precursor to heroes of wrestling, but it felt like the pattern for yeah, heroes of wrestling. It's heroes of wrestling, the promotion. Yeah. Okay. It was six years of like, is that guy drunk? Yeah. Are they going to get paid after this? Are, does, does he have an STD? Is, Where is, are they are wrestling? The decisions being made without drugs. Yeah, exactly. Like, is I, this, and they had merchandise i don't know how they had, they had a pay-per-view they had a paper <laughs> how i don't know how people maybe found- it's the best promotion maybe i'm wrong i don't people i can see why people found it in their heart to like it right because it is charming to a certain extent on how insane it is right right, right. But i don't know how people found it in their mind to like uh, fund <laughs> them and pay them and right. like give them tv i don't and, know like, man. I, I don't understand i don't get it one bit it's indicative that the owner was found naked like in a park or something covered in cocaine covered in co- and i think vaseline or baby oil uh attacking and, a, and, a hooker with a baseball bat right and, and that's he had when, a heart attack and he had a heart attack i i don't that day i it's fitting it's it's, it's great it's wonderful and it's one of the like worst the promotions of uwf like did it yeah. still exist when no. that happened I don't know if it, it went out of business the same year he died, but I'm not sure which came first, the okay. chicken or the cocaine. Okay. But for, look, I never want someone, whether ironically or not, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Someone whose name I didn't recognize added a bunch of these episodes to the suggestion list. And, and I'm tempted to delete the whole damn spreadsheet because yeah. of that. <laughs> I never want to watch this again. It was bad. I can't. I can't condone its existence. Okay. For number two. Herb Abrams, UWF. Die, die, die. Quinn, what do you got in mind there? Chat, chat me on my way to think about thing. I got two, actually. What do you, what do you think? First of all, what do you think of that Grand Prix wrestling? Oh my God, that was horrible. Like, that was some of the worst, sorriest shit I've Atlantic ever seen. Atlantic Grand Prix wrestling, right? Now, we, in- welcome to Atlantic Grand Prix wrestling. The reason I say that up in Newfoundland or something, yeah, Prince Edward Island, so, somewhere in Canada. First of all, it's in like some school teacher room or something because well, it's like a, there's a outlet with yeah. like the conduit running up to the electricity <laughs> you can, like and, see it okay i i've heard that this was around for a while right it was yes now, the reason Rene dupree's dad or something yeah, or one of them something Sylvain like Gar- that, yeah. dad the reason i bring it up is because after we watched that there was even people saying like it's like known as like they don't pay people yeah and it's bad, right 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 and, like I don't know if I have enough of an example, but I don't from think what so. I fucking saw, Joe, that looked like some sorry ass shit. No, like, it was bad. Like I was surprised it how was bad it really was. Really bad. You know what's really bad overall too? I'm not saying this is gonna make it, but I think it merits mention. Okay. Like Stampede as a whole isn't that good. There's uh, some good yeah. times of it. You know, like it had dynamite kid. I could actually feel like we could make a case for Stampede. I I don't know if it's outside work. of Dynamite, I've never seen anything good for me and i've tried like i've watched the stuff on the network but brett's not even fully formed he's not he's not not great no he's not great but like what was really good about stampede i know it's like the well regard like you know my dad was a really good promoter and he i wrestled a bear or whatever the hell but i think stampede the only reason Mm -hmm. that people don't shit on it is because it's associated with the Hart family which went on later later joe to do good things that's deep quinn that's the only reason it's like excused because it gave us bret hart right owen hart eventually dynamite kid british, british bulldog. bulldog yeah and that's like it jim neidhart 
Who cares? Yeah, but in the Hart Foundation, Fine. that was a big deal. He's and responsible Owen. for Nat. Yeah, own. <laughs> love you, own. Yeah, but it's really not that good, huh? I've. It's I, almost like Stu was so nice. Yeah, because he like did. I, I don't know if he was, but he paid people. Like he was an upstanding yes, promoter. No, he did not pay. And that this he is sacrificed I, his promotion. This is where I feel bad. Is because. Stu just wanted to put on some good wrestling, right? I think so. Yeah, it's wonderful. But he was willing to, like, let people live in his house and, like, go broke and, right. you know, have to eat grass in the fields yeah. and, like, all for this dumpy-ass, <laughs> like, shit promotion. <laughs> like, it like, wasn't that good. Like, You're his right. kids can't even eat. Like, <laughs> they don't have shoes. Like, I remember Brett in his book, it's like, you know, we used to have to tape cardboard yeah. to our feet to make sandals. <laughs> exactly. That should what be indicative fuck, of, of how successful Stampede was. It yeah. was only kept alive because Stu wanted to be in the business. Because he, he was he was retired. He loved calling people. He didn't want to go be a lumberjack or whatever you do in Canada. Yeah. And, uh, you come over here and I, I put you in and turn your lips blue. Like now, what the fuck are you hurting people listen, for in your basement for, by the way? It bothers a man maybe to, to hold his arm there. So he pushed he pulls it away to try to get away, pull it away. It was nice of Stu to Very train nice. people like you <laughs> know, nice. Chris Voldemort yes, and, and, and Chris Jericho. Kurt Angle or whoever. And whatever. And Mark know. Henry. I don't know. Wasn't he there too? <laughs> I'm coming home, baby. Yeah. yeah. It, that was nice. It was him. We didn't need Very a nice. dumpy promotion in a barn to like have that happen still. You know what, Quinn? We didn't. <laughs> I'll give you that. I don't know, though. What, what other considerations are there here? Because I know one that we reviewed that I was just appalled at. <laughs> What was that? Why don't you bring that up? The XWF from 2001. That is some sorry ass shit. That's yep. the one that like Jimmy Hart and Knobs started. Yeah. And Jimmy's like, yeah, baby, we're going to make it so much better because there's going to be no more prima donnas. That, that is shit, Joe. Yeah. And then Hogan gives us this lovely soundbite. No more prima donnas. <laughs> yeah. The most ironic <laughs> and they, fucking thing. And they meant it without a trace of irony. Oh, yeah. This was, wasn't wasn't. So Knobs was like the booker <laughs> or something. Yeah, Knobs. Fucking Pity City himself has his own company. Awful. That's aw- awful. That's unacceptable. Now, how long did this last? Uh, 2001. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just like they did it for what a while. What a piece of shit. I, I don't even know why anyone thought that was a good idea. They were so proud. Too, it's the to boldness that bothers me. It's the it's, boldness. It's the it's the, we're so good. Yeah, no prima donnas. It's like literally the all the prima donnas came to a promotion, correct, and then said no more prima donnas. Right, like, it's unbelievable, actually. Not to mention the commissioner was Sable. One of the most talentless hacks yeah, to but ever listen, make a name for is, his or this, herself. This was their strategy. Their strategy was just whoever was a big deal somewhere else, like that's gonna be the whole company. With right. like some weird like people we've never heard of right, from the right. That you don't care about, yeah. right? Like strong stan or something. Yeah, it's like every weird indie promotion that still exists to this day that you'd see at like a armory. Yes. But like an armory. where they like, oh, Sting's gonna be here and like Frankie the the frank like yeah, you know Frankie like the frank you know just some guy that you the xpw champion or right. the whatever the fuck we are like i just it was know, awful like, yeah oh my god it's like that but they went hard with like money and shit yeah they it. went like, hard they were like look we're gonna compete it's gonna be great and there's no more prima donna like what that catchphrase that, it, it bothers some but i don't think it should like sink the whole promotion but from what the output we saw it was awful it wasn't like jerry lawler there and shit with Tony Schiavone. Very yeah. strange. Tony Schiavone. How are you, my man? Jerry the King Lawler. 
Roddy uh, Piper was there. It was, it was just, just a, some weird glob of shit. Like it's like here's all these guys past their prime and like I don't know Elix Skipper or something. Yeah, I got some you know whoever Kiwi, whatever probably. young person was around right. and like who cares exactly. I hate that. I hate that. I that style too. That style of like way too many legends and like seven new wrestlers. Yeah, like it, it, it was basically what WCW was in like 2000 to 2001. It was right. It picked up where WCW left off and it shouldn't have. That's the right. problem with it. Yeah, it should like just leave it alone. We I don't, don't know. We don't need it. But TNA promotion. took the other way, yeah, WCW, they, with the with the whole Jeff Jarrett dominates thing. And like, yeah, I know. So are we putting XWF on, or do we have worse things to consider? I mean, there was also the AWF, the rounds system. Oh, but it was a. They were like, we're the WWF, but we have rounds. Remember that? Yeah, but what about World of Sport? What What's your thoughts on that? Like making Death Valley when we watch that. It looked like it was going to be the absolute most regrettable thing I ever turned on my television. <laughs> this side of like a current affair in the yeah. mid 90s, right? Uh huh. And it heated up as time went on, and we fell in love with that one specific episode and especially one match at the very right. end. But I mean, you have to remember this is a promotion that generally was headlined by Big, Big Daddy. Daddy and Giant Haystacks, yeah, right? Some really sorry ass shit. Like, <sighs> Big Daddy. Yeah. Looks like someone's daddy. <laughs> he should be flipping turkey burgers on the grill. This and apparently was not Poorly. a nice man. No, like, yeah, like I don't know if World of Sport if we have enough exposure to it. Yeah, it's like Grand Prix, right? right. It's like we can't like officially put it in. We can speak to the inner workings of the XWF and the AWF because it's American wrestling from the mid nineties yeah. or early two thousands, where it's easy to. I'm going to bring up a controversial one, and people are going to get so mad. Okay. Because I still have never seen anything good from this, what? other than aside from one thing. What? You know, Mr. Missing Foot himself's uh, daddy's promotion. <laughs> World class. Son of a You done messed up, A.A. Ron! Well, it gave us the, um, the Von Erich and Freebirds feud. Yeah, and that's the excuse everyone always gives for this shit. All like, right, so tell me why it's worse. I- I'm everything outside of that stinks. <laughs> like it's bad. Like is it really? You every think? Joe, we've I've, I've tried to watch multiple episodes now. Had a, There's never ever anything good other than that. Rick Rude, Gino Hernandez. I hate the idea that one feud is like the entire company. I don't see that as making it good. And this feeds into the whole like. When you're talking about promotions, there's not a lot of promotions, so this is yeah. like the worst of the best, right? Yeah, world class, really. What it's, about AWA? I mean, there's AWA too. That's the other one. Like, aside from like the great moments, I guess that people in the '70s liked with Vern, and like that, so like boring, and, and Hogan being there for like a year, yeah, or two, or yeah, something. Like two years. But wow, world class, huh? I'm just, I'm very underwhelmed from what i've seen from it like i feel like i should have seen something good from at this point now like i've watched enough okay if you're gonna put world class in consideration stampede is worse than world class i agree i think stampede definitely i can't believe we're actually toying with putting that on i mean but i think stampede is like it's pretty world class there's there you know there's some redeemable stuff like the production values or something very good yeah but Stampede is just sorry as hell. Like it, it, it's filmed on like sixteen millimeter or some shit. It's like really bad. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it's it's awful. The ropes look like they're gonna fall off. Like, yeah. um, it's in a barn it, and it, nobody cares. And and it's got like an announcer that sounds like he's on a rocking chair. Like, doesn't give a shit. Jerry mentioned the fact that Bobby Burke 
will be the guest referee, and maybe this will make a difference. I like Ed Whalen. I know a lot of people don't. Stu's kids don't have shoes because of this fucking promotion. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's bears living in their house and yeah. crap like that. <laughs> yeah. And Helen's probably like, can we fucking stop with they, this shit? They probably have a pet raccoon. They probably like, do. You know who I feel bad for in all of this? Amongst every heart tragedy, amongst Stampede's 40 years of horribleness. What, Helen? You, Helen Hart. Yeah. Probably a lovely, awesome woman. This, I can't believe she put up with all this shit. I think we need to put Stampede on. Yeah. I, think, I think your case for it. I'm surprised, but you're right. There's nothing good on it ever. It's it, outside of the Dynamite Kid, like literally the only fondly talked about things that I've ever heard. Dynamite that I've Kid ever having seen. good matches. Dynamite Kid having good matches, particularly with Bret Hart. Yeah. That there was a ladder match with Bad News Allen. Yeah, that happened. And Great. he's overrated too, by the way. I don't really like him. He's yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. And that Owen was like kind of good during like the 87 yeah, during version the like not real stampede stampede versus bastion booger mm-hmm. and like literally and that was it look listen to this that we're talking about like this is it's it's making its own case like okay are we doing it we're yeah. turning the key here on episode number 70 okay <sighs> okay for number three stampede wrestling die 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 sorry brett all right now you are surprising me with the world-class talk because we're talking about xwf <sighs> yeah okay awf so, listen xwf more has earned its share. Like, it, it is bad. But also, to defend XWF, around a year, maybe. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, true, um, true. Okay. It's not really established or anything. Like, What about Global? The successor to World Class? Mm. With Dracula guy that was the host there? <laughs> also, um... What? Raven in a dress or whatever that was. <laughs> that was funny. The handsome stranger. I don't know, that was actually was like fun. surprisingly yeah, enjoyable. All right, all right. Like I felt like everyone was just having having a good time over there. <laughs> I think we're heading towards more a XWF situation, unfortunately, even though it wasn't around that long. XWF is really bad. Mm-hmm. AWF was really bad. That you know, AWF, I think The round system. The round system, that whole like the production looks like it's American Gladiators or something. Yeah, it like, really does. It it's feels like really American Gladiators. Weird. That is that's pretty bad. And and the fact that you know what I hate about the production with that yeah. that's really annoying. Yeah, is that it almost seems like it was designed to look so close to the WWF of the time mm-hmm. that you would get tricked. Yeah. when you were changing the channels. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I do. Really, I think you're right. I think that's why they did that. And smart. Because you're like, oh, Tito Santana's fighting Sergeant Slaughter or something. And you're like, this is WWF, right? Like, I hate that. Smart, though. Yeah. No, but that's deceptive because it, it is was garbage. But I still think XWF is worse somehow. I just do. Yeah. XWF was trying to be like, we're still, it's still fine. Everything's great. The only reason I'm defending what? XWF is because it was not around very long. Yeah, Whereas AWF, AWF wasn't around that long, but a couple of years. Yeah. A couple of years. Smoky Mountain's safe. Mid-South is safe. Memphis right. is safe. It's all fine for what yep. it is. Yep, yep. I would say World Class is safe, though, too, on those merits. What about um, USWF? It's Memphis. USWA? Yeah. Memphis? What, whatever that one with Jeff Jarrett and that lady in the weird grandma yeah, dress. Yeah, it's Memphis. It's the yeah. successor to Continental. Okay. I, I think, yeah, American Wrestling Federation. I, it's I really bad. It, it had the longevity long enough, and it just was bad. It had a TV deal, so it, it was yeah. it had something to fall from. As bad as AWA was, it, it contributed to the business at the very least. AWF didn't. Yeah. It was yeah. like, Tito Santana was like their main guy. Yeah, and Sergeant like, Slaughter. He was probably already like teaching school by that point. <laughs> he was like, probably he was just doing this, like you know, to be on TV on American Gladiators TV, whatever it was. All right, 
I, I can I can put this on. Now, folks, obviously, let us know yours. You probably know promotions that we don't, so let us know what your four least favorite promotions are. But, Quinn, I'll turn my key with you here for the AWF, the American Wrestling Federation, for number four. Let's do it. All right. Die, die, die. All righty. Well, to recap for Donnie, we have TNA, the UWF Herb Abrams version, Stampede Wrestling, and the American Wrestling Federation. That is our Death Valley of Wrestling and Promotions. We want to know yours. You can tell us on Twitter. Join the Facebook group or send us an email. Quinn, when we come back, we are absolutely reviewing something ridiculous. Yep. Right after this. Put on your tights and boots and step into the ring. Cash in your wrestling knowledge to win big bucks and the ultimate wrestling entertainment package. Just pick up your touchstone phone and dial 1-900-8604-GAME. Or are you scared? I challenge you to dial 9, beat me in a battle of wrestling trivia. You could win $100 a day or the mega grand prize of widescreen TV, a VCR, and a videotape library of wrestling's greatest hits. But wait, that's not all. You'll also win a complete Nintendo package, including the ultimate game controller, the power. But you gotta get past the big guy. I dare you. Dial 1-900-8604-GAME. Wrestle Trivia. You and your telephone, the ultimate tag team. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us here. Episode number 70, Quinn. Yes, 70. 70 years. That's how many home runs Mark McGuire hit in 1998, Quinn. In the field, number 70! You know what's really interesting about the year 1998, Michael? Uh, It's a good year with wrestling and baseball. For wrestling, for baseball. Apparently not for Disney's uh, live-action sitcoms, however. No, this was kind of an era <laughs> when they were phasing out, I think. All this yes. like live-action stuff. Like yes. Nickelodeon was on the downturn. Uh-huh, Doug had moved to ABC by then, yeah, and it they was were... pretty bad. <laughs> well, that moved under the uh, the Disney banner, though. Yes, it did. Yeah. It did. Uh, folks, the reason we're talking about 1998, the reason we're talking about Disney, is we're reviewing something here. And, Quinn, this was totally weird. Yes. Very bizarre. Uh, and it sucked. And it sucked. <laughs> it was awful. It was I, not good at all. I was not happy with no. this. <laughs> it was poor. It was very poor. It was very poor. So, folks, back in 1989, a very fondly remembered movie came out, which I really still like to this day. That'd be Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Quinn. Yes, with um, Hollywood luminary Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis, Previously yes. the uh, the dog in uh, Ghostbusters. Yes. Rick Moranis uh, headed up a nice cast that included, I believe it was uh, Big Pete? No, Little Pete. Pete. Was little, little Pete? Pete. Well, he was, was in, in the other the family, right? Yeah, he was in the other family, the yeah. next door neighbor's family. Right. And Max Headroom was right. the dad of the other family, yes, Max, Max Headroom. Yep. And what you're about to witness is one of the most sinister sounding intros to a trailer to one of the greatest epics ever produced in the history of t- t- television. And it gave me that great line from Matt Frewer that I'm, I'm going to have to dump in here where he sees Wayne looking for the kids on the thing. Matt Frewer's like, mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Then there was a sequel, uh, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, which was yes, very the, poor. They had the baby, and then he got like, but then big. ironically, the baby gets big, and yeah, then he's like walking all over Los Angeles, because they moved, remember that? Yep, that's right, they, they had moved. to move, because they were embarrassing to the whole community <laughs> after that last incident. Yep. Terrible. And then there was one that I never even saw, I believe it was direct-to-video in 1997, called Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. <sighs> 
Yeah, anything direct that? to video, Never I didn't it. see it. I'm glad I didn't. However, mm-hmm. the brain trust over there that owned this franchise. <laughs> a dis- Disney. Yeah, a Disney. Decided, you know what? What we need is more of the Selinsky family. Right. And this is around the same time, like, Clueless got a TV show yes. and, like, weird movies yep. that, like, never really needed to have a television show. <laughs> right. Got one. <laughs> exactly. And now, now we have Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV series. Of course, he doesn't go around shrinking the kids in every episode. Well, that would be good. But that would be. Because <laughs> they're, they're, they're fucking annoying. They are fucking annoying. <laughs> now, one more point here before mm-hmm. we get into the meat yes. and potatoes if you will or i guess the meat and poutine yeah since this is filmed in calgary alberta canada poutine made with mcdonald's world famous fries has arrived is that a real thing you know who actually used to write for this jameson i don't know ed ferrara oh really of vince russo and ed ferrara fame aha uh-huh. now he sadly he had been gone already by the uh, honey it's hard to be an illegal alien episode and uh-huh. i'm actually that's serious that's the actual last episode he wrote <laughs> yes. that seems like an episode ed ferrara would write <laughs> Something actually about being an illegal alien yes. so by this point uh, ed ferrara sadly is no longer there <laughs> but we have an episode and it's called honey i'm wrestling with a problem and the chief. Don't forget the chief, damn it. And I just wanted to mention right here for the record, no, it's not Rick Moranis no. as Wayne Selinski. It's actually Peter Scolari. He who's been on everything. so familiar, <laughs> yeah. and I cannot pinpoint where I've seen him, but I've seen him. You may have seen him on Empty Nest, Lois <laughs> and Clark, Touched by an Angel, None of these, Dave's World. Maybe Dave's World. Can't Hurry Love. <laughs> I don't remember any of these appearances by him. And I watched those shows. Ally McBeal, Reba, The King of Queens, ER, The West Wing. Now, Quinn, when someone has a resume like that of like all these shows, what does that usually tell you? That he sucks? <laughs> that he's a bit player? Yes. Was he ever like a star? Like, was this his only like so. starring role as right. the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids TV show? He was playing not Rick Moranis on a Canadian produced Honey, I Shrunk the Kids television I show. I feel like there's a curse to being the lead on like one of these like movies to TV show I, things. I think you're right. Because like the clueless girl, she never became anything. Like the right. Ferris Bueller guy. Oh, who, shit. Like, was TV right. Ferris Bueller. He never. Oh, I forgot anything. about yeah. that. Yeah. There's a curse. There's a curse. Uh, speaking of curses, you're going to hear a lot of those curse words as we do this review here. So we get a cold open, Quinn, with Wayne boxing like some freaking robot in his backyard that he invented. <sighs> this is, you just know. You all, know what you, you're in for. You know what you're in for immediately. And he's wearing like a crappy singlet and like Kevin Owens shorts. Yeah, you notice. You know what? I have to say he's in pretty good shape. Like considering he's supposed to be like a big dork, he doesn't look like a dork. Yeah, with that with that physique, he looks like a normal dad in the nineties. Like not dorky or anything. Not dorky. Not a guy that would invent a robot. Right. He doesn't look like Rick Moranis. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Not many do. Yeah. My my second cousin does. So the slugmeister calls him a grandma after punching him. (sighs) Then he's like, "You're a little girl." This is the robot talking, and then he calls. Calls him Wimpy. Hiya, Grandma. Hiya, little girl. Hiya, Wimpy. Terrible. It is terrible. It's just, it's not good. It's not funny. And yeah, it just, again, it, it just foreshadows mm-hmm. the rest of this episode. So inside the kids, uh, first of all, are too young, especially the daughter, Amy. Yeah. She's younger than movie Amy. So is there supposed to be a time lapse from the movie to this at all? This is supposed to take place, I'm glad you asked that, <laughs> between the first and second movie. But... 
Amy was like in college yeah. or something. But they don't have the baby yet. Yeah. So it's like the best that the fans, because this matters, can come up, can come up with. Is there really like yes. fan fiction about this shit? <laughs> there's fan canon is that it has to be between the first two movies because there's what, no like baby yet. like a week? <laughs> like after? So the kids that are too young, that's Nick and Amy, are flipping through the channels and they land on, Quinn, the Wrestling Rampage show. Great. And the action continues here on Wrestling Rampage. And they make fun of the ring announcer and his wig. It's this just, this announcer is horrible. He's so bad. It's like an ECW announcer, but worse. Yeah. Like, it's horrible. This show isn't particularly kind no, to it's, wrestling. It's not kind at all. In fact, it treats it like shit. It, it, for the most part, it really does. But apparently the announcer here tells us that Brett <laughs> and Owen Hart. Yes, them. Are undefeated in their past 15 matches. Yep, they were all five stars, too. <laughs> and apparently they had just wrestled, and the daughter Amy here, she has had a big crush mm-hmm. on the Hart brothers, both Hart brothers. Yeah. And next week, Brett and Owen are going to be battling, <laughs> I swear the guy says Jeff Ginger, the Executioners. Yep. Next week, Brett and Owen battle the rookie tag team of Judd Ginger, the Executioner brothers. For the... <laughs> interstate yes not the continental state (laughs) how minor can we get i mean this this is so it makes wrestling look dumb and you can't would you expect anything less from shit like this (laughs) because what's the name of it the north american wrestling union yes that's the name of the company i noticed that in the background (laughs) you know when you talk about the wrestling so they're coming to Colorado, which is where the Selinskis live, apparently, even oh. though it's filmed in Calgary. Okay, so was the baby walking around in Las Vegas? or Las what? Vegas. That's what it was. Yeah, but what He way? made his way from Colorado, huh? I guess so. I mean, when you're that big, it's only a couple I of I like that we're connecting the blew up the kid to the fucking TV show. This matters, Quinn. Yeah. So Amy's all happy, obviously. The hearts are coming. The hearts are coming. Yeah. But Quinn and I were talking, look, if she was really such a fan... Wouldn't she have known that this show was on? Yes. And not just found it by accident? Okay, so we forgot to say this at the beginning. They're, like, flipping through the channels, and they, like, stumble on this. And then Amy's, like, she's gonna, like, flip out. Yeah. Like, she wants to, like, rip her hair out over it. (laughs) I mean, it... She's really getting excited. She like she watches them. it all the time, but she blames like Kevbo or whatever his name Nick. is. Nick. Kevbo. She she blames him. Is like, oh, you should have moved the clicker or what did she call it? <laughs> the changer. The, no, changer. the switcher. No, the changer. The That's changer. It. Who the hell calls the remote the changer? Is this some Canadian shit? This is what nineteen ninety eight, right? Yeah. Even by ninety eight, the clicker was coming out of use. Yes. Let alone the changer. People just call it the remote. The remote. We miss Brett and Owen Hart. Hey, that's for being so slow with the changer. We cut to the backyard and the robot, of course, is beating up not Rick Moranis because <laughs> this is a Disney show. Yep. And then Nick comes out. He's like, hey, where'd you get the scarecrow? This kid sucks. <laughs> he's like that shitty kid. Do you remember that kid from Full House where he's like, Yankee Doodle Dandy? Like, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes, Blake MacGyver Ewing. Yes, yeah, Derek. He, he reminds me of him. <laughs> Yankee Doodle went to town. He's shitty. Uh, so Wayne gets his ass kicked. And then the girl, Amy, pun- comes over and punches out the robot. Yeah. And the robot's like, owie. I guess with this girl, right, she's supposed to be like a tomboy or something. She likes wrestling. She beats up robots. Yeah, Yeah, that's what all tomboys do, right? Yeah, this is bad. And now we get the credits. I I forgot that we were going to get credits. (laughs) Yeah. It was like three minutes of the That was a while. Yeah. So it's Peter Scolari who (laughs) we mentioned. Barbara Allen Woods is uh, Diane, the wife. We get Hillary Tuck and Thomas Decker. And don't forget Quark. 
and Quark, the, the dog. dog. Who's not even in this episode. He's, like, I think a second you see him, right? <laughs> now, in this credit sequence, they were like, there was a lot of weird shit going on. Like, they were in, like, the Wild West. The and, Renaissance. Like, yeah. And, like, the, the mom's trying to act all hot and stuff. Yes. A little fugazi. Yeah. So we get to the real show here, and a kid, some guy, we're just going to call him the, the kid. He's talking about an ice cream with Amy out front of the school. She's rambling on and on about Brett and Owen being great wrestlers, mm-hmm. and she can hear their theme music because she's thinking about it. Yeah. She's thinking about them. I can hear their theme music. So suddenly, as she's talking about Brett and Owen, <laughs> yeah. we see them signing autographs for a bunch of kids outside of this school. What the fuck kind of school? First of all, it's like three stories tall and like massive. Like it's like yeah. a college or something. It's a Harvard. Right? Yeah, it's like Harvard High School or something, right? And then what the? F- who, when do wrestlers just show up to school parking lots to give kids autographs? Like, first of all, a school even back in the nineties be like this is a little creepy. Okay, like well, you know, my brother and I just wanted to come there for my fans, all my Canadian fans. Was Brett alumni and him and Owen? I thought they were from Canada, but they're not here. This is Colorado, so there's a ton of inconsistency here. And they're talking about traveling and all this. Love you, Owen. Yeah. So, <laughs> you're right. They're talking about traveling. They're talking about autographs. And according to you, Quinn, Owen had, like, baseball player sunglasses yes, he, on. he had, like, the 90s baseball player sunglasses. Yeah. Like, the outfielder would have that had the stupid, like, neon string on it. You know what I'm talking so about. So, who were those? Like, like uh, Bernie Williams? Basically, anybody who ever played the outfield in the 90s, I would Kenny say. Maldonado. I, we don't even need to, like, go yeah. into specifics. Like, Jesse Barfield. Yeah, it's, or, like, first baseman a lot would have those stupid glasses on, Mark too. McGuire. Yeah. Yeah, like early Mark McGuire yeah. before he was too cool for glasses. Too cool for those glasses. Because he became too cool for that shit yeah. by 98. Maybe he had Ray Bans later Ray-Bans. on or something. So anyway, Amy runs over and gives Brett and Owen uh, the kid's hat, the neighbor kid's hat Yeah, to she's sign. like, I don't have anything yeah. to sign. <laughs> so and, she steals his hat. Yeah, she just steals it too. All jerky. <laughs> yeah. So apparently they know who she is when she says her name because yeah. she writes them letters like every day, every week. Amy Zelensky. <laughs> You're the one that writes to us so much. And they're kind of jerky about it, but I, I don't blame them. Yes, I'm not blaming them either. She's really creepy about this whole thing. She's like a beetle maniac yes. kind of thing. And she has horrible hair, <laughs> yeah, by the way. Is, like, she looks I need like to Koopa. address this hair. It almost looks like she has she like, like a rhino. What it almost looks like she has on? like Phillips head screws <laughs> hanging out of her head. Like they're really tight. Like literally like there's screws holding her hair together. Number 10 bit to just yeah, take yeah. that hair out of there. I mean, I mean, Selinsky's got all sorts of tools, so they can undo her hair at night. I don't yeah. know. Brett's like, yeah, you're a loon. Thought you might be a stalker. Two more letters, we're gonna turn them all over to the feds. We want to apologize for thinking you were such a loon. Yeah, and then- loon, more of this Canadian talk. <laughs> They're definitely not in Colorado. Get out of here. It's filled to Calgary. Couldn't they just say it was in, like, the Selinsky's move to fucking Canada? <laughs> <laughs> to get the hell away from their yeah, fa- it's like neighbors, basically and shit. in Canada. And Breda gives her tickets for their match against, <laughs> yeah, very against the Executioner Brothers. Uh, they're great seats, by the way. He, Quinn. And Brett notes it too. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm no cheapskate. Yeah. They're great seats. So she's like, "Oh, why don't you come over for dinner?" And then Owen's like, oh, "Do you want to yeah. do an Owen impression? Hey, <laughs> do you dress for dinner?" <laughs> like, oh, and then no. she's like, "Yeah." And Brett's like, "Oh, good, because we hate to eat naked." Did they write this? Like, this seems like Owen and Brett wrote this. And by the way, dude, like, 
they say like they ask them very specifically yes. do you dress for dinner right yeah. keep that in mind that the dressing for dinner thing yeah. we cut to the backyard where the mom's just like mixing up plants like mixing yeah. together plants doing yeah. nothing so amy and the doofus neighbor kid run in and she's explaining brett and owen are coming but the mom knows who they are right and amy's like yeah but the executioners are bad guys and the mom this is Diane, amazing this is really good she says no the wrestling term <laughs> is heels. The wrestling term is heels. How? Why is this in this? <laughs> why are they breaking kayfabe in a show that also doesn't maintains act, kayfabe. Maintain kayfabe the whole way through? But this one fucking part. What was the point of that? Yeah. And by the way, it's not what they call them on screen. Yes. So you got this stupidness right with the heels and that. But Amy, I have to really say something here. What? Amy does not mention. To her parents at all that about dressing for dinner? No, not at all. I feel like it's rude. Like I was it's a little think, rude. The whole conversation. All I was thinking about was like, is Amy gonna like tell them that they're like expecting them to dress for dinner because she just said that shit? Right. Good like point. I, I was very angry at Amy about this. For not having the manners. Yeah, it was just like really. Yeah, I understand. Like, what if what if they show up like all nice in tuxes? And, yeah, in tuxes, and they're just like in their sweatpants. Like mm. the parents are not prepared. I'm just saying. No, I, I appreciate the way you're looking yeah. out for Brett and Owen, yes, and, Owen. and for the Zelensky family yeah. as a whole, as a unit, right. as a yeah. nuclear family. Right. I, I just think Amy's throwing like a monkey wrench into all their plans here. Amy sucks. Yeah. Amy is terrible. And so does Nick. Nick sucks too. Yeah. The kids suck. Yankee doodle dandy Nick. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So anyway, um, Wayne comes over looking really dumb with like a scissor hat. Yeah. I think someone quips like, hey, it's Edward scissor hat. It's like Edward scissor hat. Then a fat character actor <laughs> is it the neighbor. The okay. Do you want to explain like what okay. do you think he's from? Or right. but he's not really. So I don't care enough to relook his name back up again. But the fat character actor, who's like a husky, chubby kind of tall guy, yes. bald with like a skullet kind of. Yes. He's, and he, his, yeah, his, he's known as the chief in the this chief, show because he's the police chief. Yeah. I thought he was the <laughs> bus driver corrections officer from the fugitive bus crash scene. No, no he does look he like him. He looks like him. Like, just longer hair. Like, he didn't get a haircut. He didn't shave Since his mustache. Since 93, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, he, what's the guy who slept for 100 years? Uh, Rip Van Winkle. Yeah, it looks like it's just the guy on the bus from Fugitive, mm -hmm. but he fell asleep afterwards for 100 years and woke up. In Canada. Yeah. And did this shit. Kind of like how Big John Stud looks like every time he, he wakes up for a match. <laughs> Don't get us in trouble, Quinn. People love Big John Stud. Sucks. I know. So anyway, he uh, he knows the hearts, and he name drops Vern Gagne. <laughs> yeah, Vern Gagne, Yukon Eric, and Dick the Bruiser. So what wh what's the relation? Okay, between Brett Owen Hart and the AWA. So again, this is where the location shit gets out of control because again, they're from Colorado. Yes. The AWA, I don't believe, was in Col Colorado, was it? I don't know. They might have stretched into Denver, but I don't know. But why would he also know the yeah. hearts? So anyway, Chief's going to come for dinner also. Yep. And uh, so we cut right to the dinner scene. No, no fucking around here. Now, do you want to say what the hearts are wearing? Because this yeah. is bullshit right here. Black t-shirts. After all of that. Yeah. After all the, you know, I don't want to be naked. And does your family dress and all this <laughs> stuff? Like, they just show up in their fucking t-shirts that they were wearing with yeah. their stupid sunglasses before. What kind of man? <laughs> like, both sides of the equation have horrible manners. They're very poor. Now, I will say the, the wife mm -hmm. and the daughter They're did. Get nicely. They, and they actually talked about what they were going to wear. You're right, they did. But the guys just didn't give a shit. No, Wayne is very dismissive, as we'll see. Owen yeah. uh, wants more potatoes. Are there any more potatoes down there? Somebody took the last piece of meat. 
Wayne makes fun of wrestling. You knew someone had to. I don't like that. Brett and Owen get a little mad about it. Yeah, rightfully so. He's right. making fun of their profession. It's not like they say you make shitty gadgets. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, Brett should have been like, oh, you know, what's that What's that scissors on your hat there? Yeah, or like, remember that time you shrunk your kids and <laughs> lost them? Like, you fucking asshole of a parent? Like, he's not a good parent, Joe. He's always getting into issues, like, always problems. Like, he has three movies worth of parenting fucking issues. Up, yeah, yeah, just, like, fucking up. Someone should have called Dyfus on him. Yeah, it's maybe, horrible. Maybe that's why they should have moved to Canada, so yeah. they could escape the feds. Anyway, Wayne says wrestling's great. It's like dance and theater. Like, who Brett is he? just getting more yeah. angry, too. And who is he, Mary Tyler Moore yeah. with that comment? The best of theatrics, or whatever the hell she says at six. It's terrific. It's the best of uh, athletics and theater. I've never seen anything so exciting. Should always be Mary Richards to me. <laughs> Amy defends her, of course. Uh, Chief says Ballywick at some point. Yeah. I don't know why. This really isn't your Ballywick. And Brett gets all pissed. He's like, you know what? Dinner's over. <laughs> it's over. Then we cut to the hearts all calm. Yeah. In the backyard. Demonstrating holes. <laughs> yes. In the dark. In the dark. Like, what is this? I don't know. First of all, does Rick Moranis here or whatever he is, like, you think he has all these gadgets and shit? He right. doesn't even fucking lights in the front of his house. Like, <laughs> what is that shit? Yeah, they're just like in this dim They look like burglars, too, and they're like black shirts on the lawn, like beating up people. Right. And Brett's like, oh, I'm going to show you a wrist lock on my brother Owen. Yeah, and basically. Owen reverses to a hammer lock. Brett with a drop toe hold. Everyone claps. They're yeah. like, oh, uh, great job. Uh, Wayne makes some kind of grass stain joke at it because they're Terrible. wrestling on his fucking lawn that yeah. he lost his kids in they a couple years ago. They have the courtesy to turn the lights on. Oh, jerk. So Brett's like, you know what? I'm going to put a delayed nerve hold on you. And I'm just like putting my like hand yeah, in you, my, you I'm just like, no. Visibly facepalm that. Yeah, I was just like, no. He did. This is a delayed nerve hold. It's Think. not delayed. That's not how it works. <laughs> I know. That's, not, that's a- not even a thing. Ever. <laughs> so Brett. Uh, now channels his inner stew heart. Yeah. He's like, hey, you want to wrestle? Come yeah. on. You want it? You guys come wrestle me. Did you mention what that when he does the ver- nerve thing yeah. that he actually is delayed? Oh, yeah. It's really delayed. Like, and Wayne falls to the ground or like twitches. Right. It, it, that's not it, like wasn't exaggerated. No, it like, was it, actually it, like, delayed. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Stupid. So Chief and Diane take them up. They're like, all right, we'll wrestle you. Yes. So, Diane is the hot mom. <laughs> yeah. Diane's hot mom. So Brett's like, all right, why don't you put me in a hammerlock? Right. And then uh, Owen is like, oh, why don't you slam me? It's not right. even how Owen sounds. <laughs> yeah, and, and Diane is all like, takes her shoes off and is like, yes. I was a, a fan when I was a kid and I know the wrestling. Yeah. And, and Chief is like, I used to do that in high school <laughs> yeah, or that's something. Right. All like, fats his way into the center <laughs> there with Owen. He just barbecues his way over yeah. to Owen Hart. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I used to do some wrestling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he should have had a pork chop in his mouth. Let me roll up my sleeves <laughs> yeah, here. Exactly. Uh, well, I used to wrestle a bit when I was in high school. They hurt Brett Nolan. Yeah. Brett Nolan are like, oh, we're dead. Okay. Now, I want to say this. Remember this. Yeah, Brett Nolan are dead. They flipped them, both the girl and the guy, Chief and Diane, they flipped them on their backs. Yep. And they had mentioned chiropractors or something before. So I'm like, okay, their backs got taken out. That's a normal yeah. injury from getting right. fl- flipped over on a lawn. Yes. You know? Yeah. So we cut to the ER. Right. Owen comes out in a leg cast. <laughs> 
Brett's got his arm in a cast. That wasn't even the injury. <laughs> no, they at fell all. on their backs. They fell on their backs, and, and they the, even like were like my back. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, it's going to take months to heal. You know, though, Quinn, it's a good thing that neither of them lost their smiles along the way there, or else oh, they oh. really wouldn't be yeah, wrestling. Yeah, Sean, Sean. Brett asks Wayne and the Chief to take their place against the uh, masked against, executioners yes. there. Yep. And Owen has a great truthful line that someone threw in. Well, you see, wrestling promoters aren't the most understanding people you'd want to meet. Yeah, no shit. That's uh, a truth. <laughs> coming from them, especially. Yeah, that's that's yeah. where it's like, wow, okay. I wonder when this was filmed as we take a quick tangent here, because Owen's hair <laughs> looks like... It's that short his hair. His 97 hair. Yeah, when he was Intercontinental Champion, and right. he pile drove Steve Austin and all right. that shit. And Brett, it could be 97 or 8. I wonder if this show was so in the can, this specific episode, mm-hmm. that it was filmed while they were both still in WWF. <sighs> well... It might not have been, and I'm only going to say this because that whole, like, if Vince knew this was happening, Mm -hmm. knowing him, he tried to get WWF mentioned on it. Whatever era it is, he's always trying to get his fingers on something outside WWF. True. And if this was to come out in 98... It came out in November of 98, Right, both of them, Joe, would have Mm -hmm. been in two different federations. Right, exactly. Which makes sense why the North American Wrestling Federation... Yeah, you're right. I mean, just yeah. Owen didn't... I don't remember him looking like that in 98, is what I'm saying. Owen's hair... Enough is enough in time for a change. I guess he did, right? And then the in black the summer, had short hair, yeah. In, that, in the summer, he had it yeah. like that, right? Yep. So that's probably when it was. Folks, if you or someone you know has any further information or does any further research, and I'm not just talking about trying me out type of research, <laughs> but like real research where you have confirmed things and you're right, not just right. reading something that you paid for a few years ago, uh, let us know, mm-hmm. and we'd be happy to know more about it. Right. Because clearly, Quinn, this matters. Yes, this oh. is the most important thing right now. Obviously. So we cut to, finally, the heels of the show. Remember, yep. heels. Yes. <laughs> the executioners who... They're in, like, a car that says word bad or something. I don't yeah, know. like a dumpy car. I guess they're supposed to be traveling from show to show. This was horrible. These are the worst bad guys in anything ever because... They're like Bulk and Skull. They're Bulk and Skull. Their accents are terrible. They're doing, like, yeah, tough guy accents. Yeah, I mean, you literally might as well have, like, hit the Bulk and Skull. You know, this vegan fugitive ain't so bad. Just move across the country, get a job wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they're fugitives, right? Yeah, they're which fugitives, is, which ties which, into the fugitive guy. Right, exactly. I was just going to say, pretty ironic, huh? Exactly. Maybe it's all connected. So apparently they, they're supposed to be in jail for years, but they're on the run, and they're wrestlers, and they have like Iron Mike sharp armbands on. Yeah, like, it's the, like they're the, still in their gear, but yeah, they're driving. It's so stupid. Like, why would they not? I don't understand. And if they're fugitives, like, why wouldn't they still be wearing their masks that they say they wore? I don't know. Like, wouldn't that be a good idea? Yes, wouldn't it? You're traveling. But at this point, we're in season two of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the show. Right. I think the good ideas of anything went out the window around episode two. (laughs) The acting here is terrible, by the way. Their accents, like I mentioned, are really bad. And we get, like, a bad planes, trains, and automobiles comedy skit because one of the guys, the passenger, (laughs) they don't have names, by the way. It's like Jeff and Judge or Judd or Jerry. Jerry and Jerry. (laughs) Does, like, the delayed nerve pinch. He's like, oh, I want to know how Bret Hart does that. (laughs) And he does it to the driver and it's it's like the fucking coat scene and planes, trains. The fact that I had to see the delayed nerve thing (laughs) twice. Twice. That joke is terrible. Oh, it's, it's almost like Brett wrote that shit. <laughs> and like, we gotta get it in there another time. Brett does have a very almost non-existent sense of humor. Yeah. It's very bizarre. Only in his cartoons. 
<laughs> back to the ER and Brett and Owen say goodbye in the parking lot and they get in like their embroidered car. It Quinn. says on the side of their car with a plate yeah. on it. Brett and Owen Hart's car <laughs> and it's or dumpy too yeah, it's like it, an old car it's like a fucking like Buick or yeah, something from like 89 or something well that makes sense we know they're like poor cause like Stu like yeah, we mentioned yeah yeah like Stampede like <laughs> bankrupted them or whatever I used to use a, a tin of uh of teeth paste <laughs> and use my finger to brush my teeth right they back, couldn't afford toothbrushes. <laughs> no, they couldn't. Back at Wayne's house, and the chief has his outfit on, which is like just a wrestling outfit. I guess. Yeah. It's like a black shirt or just, something. Just something it's he works not, out in, nothing. I guess. Yeah. But Wayne has a muscle suit on, and he right. mentions steroids. They have to throw that in, don't they? They, yeah. they really, again, now that Brett and Owen are gone, all the disrespect to the wrestling right. comes out. Like, they don't give a fuck anymore. I know. This is this is bad. Yeah. Because apparently Wayne built this suit out of Nerf material, but it like, looks right. like real muscles, but he has a universal remote, like, literally, yes. that you got at, like, Radio Shack. Second or remote reference, or Poutine Shack, or whatever the yeah. fuck they have in Canada. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, you just use this, and it make the muscles bigger or something? Yeah, no, he's like it goes it makes it like go in different directions so he's like eh, eh, like they're making robot noises right. it's so stupid and then he picks up an entire gazebo yes which, that was it, in the worst special effects yeah. like so bad eh, i picked them up yeah and, and you said to me like how is that even fair yes <laughs> this should be a disqualification and the other thing i suppose we should mention mm-hmm. we mentioned kayfabe briefly so even though diane over here is a real smart yeah saying heels right right wrestling is real in this universe you would think diane would be the only one who would know right right because she knows about heels right why doesn't she tell her husband you know it's not a real fight right Right. i know because this is real like you're gonna you might get hurt but like they're not gonna kill you right but they are apparently yeah but they they are yeah we'll we'll see why so uh back at school nick right sucks gets made fun of by like this kid that is very bad at acting he's like your Your dad stinks yeah (laughs) that's literally like what prompts this it's like your dad stinks and he's gonna get beat (laughs) yeah i heard he was fighting in the paper i hear your old man's gonna wrestle judge and jury ha i've seen your old man and then the chief's son appears, the other son. Yeah. Not Doofus' boyfriend, the, so like the a younger young, son. Yeah. So this adds, actually adds up to the movie because yes. that's like, you know, the guy next the door. Na- yeah. Except he wasn't a chief no, of he the was police. Max, he, he was Max Headroom. He was Max Headroom and like a guy that liked to do his lawn or yeah, something. Like, with like little Pete. He's like a big hick, remember? <laughs> yeah, he was awesome. I love that guy. Oh. But I don't like Chief's son. He yeah. sucks too. So Nick has stakes now because he's going to start a betting pool. Because remember, Nick knows about the muscle suit. So he's confident his dad can win. It's a big scheme now. Yeah. This kid stinks. Yeah. It's horrible. Back home, Diane and Amy have this really weird scene. Oh, yes. Now, I forgot about I forgot about this because it was so weird. Now, I swear... I think they shot this at some other time and threw it in to fill time. Well, here's the thing it's, is that this story does resolve itself, but I'm not sure like why it's in this episode. So yeah, because like, she, yeah, it has no connection to anything. Cause Amy started the episode. Like I am Bret Hart's like biggest fan. Right. Yeah. And now she's like, I don't like my mom because of the dentist. Or something. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like basically Amy's <laughs> waiting for Diane to come home. Dan's like, sorry, I'm late. And Amy's like, yeah, right. Sure. You're not sorry. You're going to make me late for the dentist. But then she doesn't want, 
want to go to the dentist. Right. And I, I, this <laughs> like, is all supposed to that? be rooted. Like, it's supposed to be rooted from that Amy believes that Diane, like, broke Brett's back or Correct. whatever. Or, you know, his arm or whatever the fuck Doesn't happened. <laughs> like, on purpose. At least she didn't lose a smile because that would have been a big accident. It just feels like an unnecessary argument that they continue, like, the whole yeah, fucking show. A very, like, point colorless. There was yeah. just nothing to this scene. It was just there so that the ladies of the, the house had something to do. Like, that, <laughs> seriously. That's really all it was. It was very poor. Uh, so, anyway, Chief's kid and Nick pretend that they're in the mafia here back at school with the violin case. Okay. And then that other shitty kid, like Justin or Scott or whatever, yeah. or Chad he wants Campbell. wants to put two big ones on. Yeah. It, and that means dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two bucks. And someone's a toady, by the way. I don't remember who. Uh, that younger kid. The younger kid's a toady? Yeah, the younger Chief kid is the toady, right? Right. He's not a stooge, Arnie. He's a toady. Amidst all this, they basically have started a gambling yeah. ring in their hu- in their middle school. Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever is. this is. Elementary, elementary school. school, maybe. I don't know, because it's like three stories tall, and yeah. it's like a fucking university. But <laughs> right. wherever the hell they go to school, <laughs> they so, are like the head bookies. Yeah, they are. And then some mom hair principal or teacher <laughs> or some lady in an orange suit, yeah. she confronts them about the violin. She's like, I didn't know you played violin. She's clearly supposed to be like evil principal or something yeah, like that. Yeah, nobody likes her. I didn't know either of you boys played the violin. So she's like, ah, miniature bookies. She's like yeah. ultra too evil. Yeah. She's like, I have a bet for you. I bet both <laughs> of your dads are going to be extremely angry. And then she grabs him by the shirt collars yeah, and hauls him away. Boar's head ham <laughs> guy with that impression. Boar's head ham. Where fuck? ham is ham. <laughs> In that case, you have to ask for it by name. Boar's head. So we cut to Wayne reviewing some horrible chart that he calls outstanding in a it's weird room. Terrible! What's going on now? Yeah, it's a bad chart. It's too much blue. Like I just don't like it. What is all this I stuff for? Like a water squirt gun or something? The jacuzzi Uzi Quinn. Yeah, there's all these like charts, but why? I don't know. But he basically he shoots the lady with a water gun. She she no sells it. Yeah. Now he screws I, up her chart. Also, I must note something about the chart. Please that, do. Um, he squirts it right, and the blue ink is coming off. But you know what that means? That that lady or some set hand actually colored in all that blue in the background. That wasn't like blue paper with a shit on it. Somebody actually with a magic marker <laughs> magic drew marker. that shit on there. Why? Attention to detail, I guess. This show has no budget. <laughs> what did they pay that person? A nickel? What would they use the, the violin box to and pay him? And a nickel in Canadian is like three and a half cents. Yeah, it's less. <laughs> it's not even a nickel. So uh, he gets a page on his pager there. Remember pagers? Hot yeah. Hot 90s. And uh, he's like, oh, it's Nick's school. And then we cut to Chief in a diner with some weird older lady with a baby voice. Yes. I wonder how Patty Melt got a sandwich named after her anyhow. You know what she reminded me of? One of the ants from Sabrina the yes. Teenage Witch. What the the fatter one? Yeah, the fatter one. The fatter not, one. Not Zelda. No, not Zelda. Helga or whatever it is, uh, right? Hilda. What's her name? Hilda. Hilda. Yeah. And uh, so Chief is lamenting how uh, he doesn't want to wrestle in front of kids ever. He doesn't ever want to be violent in front of kids. This reasoning, I don't really understand. I don't know. He he took a vow. Apparently, yeah, something some vow about he doesn't want to be a bad influence to kids. Right. And he doesn't well, want to wrestle. He's the chief of the police, first of all, so he shouldn't be a bad influence <laughs> That's to true. kids. But beating up some like evil wrestlers, it shouldn't fall on that's like what you do for charity. Exactly. Like, for the kids. Urkel like, and Carl a, did that. It's an equivalent to being the guy in the dunking booth at the circus. Right. Or doink. Yeah. Dunk doink. Dunk doink. At yes. the WrestleFest. Uh, so 
Chief's big plan, Quinn, mm-hmm. he's gonna just stand there while Wayne and his suit do pussy. all the work. Ah, well, I mean, a lot of a lot of stock is being put into the suit working properly, yeah. and it's universal remote, right? The double A batteries and everything, because <laughs> that's gonna work. Yeah. Wink, wink. <laughs> like every like, you don't even have to know what's gonna happen right. to know that that won't. Quinn work. and I knew immediately, yeah, obviously. Like- um, so Chief gets a call on his radio because he's the police chief, right? Yeah. Uh, you see, he is actually a cop. Mm-hmm. Big boss man, right. not a cop. Right. Chief? Chief is a real cop. But we get a, um, a cut back to Joel and Nick getting in trouble in mm-hmm. Wayne's house here for this uh, whole scheme here by their parents. And now they can't go to the matches. That's their punishment. I, I think that's fair. It's fair. I mean, they were I running think they a- got off easy, really, for right. running a gambling ring. <laughs> right, exactly. They can't go to the wrestling. I think that's a fair now, do you th- Do you notice, like, Wayne here thinks he's, like, all smart with that punishment? Yeah. He's like, that's a good idea. Yeah, you know what? You can't go. So we cut to the executioners again, the worst excuse for comic relief ever yep. that I've ever seen I hate anything. Them. I hate these. Yeah, stories. they're horrible. They're being fucking stupid in their hotel room. They're like, ah, we're fine. Yeah. If you are going to use the last few drops of body oil, would you let a guy know? And uh, they realize, though, mm-hmm. because they're reading the paper, that <laughs> the chief will be fighting them. The chief will be fighting them. Chief's the one... That put them in jail back in Baltimore. Now, may I note that the newspaper that the has like a gig, two gigantic, yeah. like half of the fucking page yeah. of the newspaper yeah. is like Rick Moranis <laughs> and the Chief, and it says like wrestling match or something on it. Like, what paper? First of all, reports on wrestling. I like, don't think unless any you're the, the Calgary Meltzer. Sun, Meltzer and yeah. the Calgary Sun. Yeah, that's the Calgary it. Sun. But they're not in Calgary. <laughs> they're right. They're, they're in Colorado. In Colorado. <laughs> and then the uh, the executioner that looks like Fatu breaks a desk with a giant gavel. Right, which was <laughs> this is funny. ridiculous. Like <laughs> yeah. they're like ho ho ho. Yep, and they have no regard for like. Do they have to pay for that or anything? Does they're that come fe- out of the hotel bill? When they're fugitives, I don't even think that they care at this point. Do you think they even pay the hotel? No, bill? Do they're you think fugitives. They just leave like cackling. They have no cooth. Yeah, but wouldn't that like tip off that hey, these guys are no good? Like when- maybe the cops would come. Quinn, we're reviewing Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the television show, season two. I'm just saying. I'm throwing all logic out the window at this point. If you're a fugitive, why would you commit more crimes? Like, you're just going to get caught. There were more seasons of this, too. That's a scary thing. I wonder what the ones from the year 2000 are like. I hope so. (laughs) Um, So the boys now are there on the internet because they're going to look up stuff about the wrestling. and This is amazing. (laughs) They're going to try to watch the match. I don't know if Meltzer was there. Maybe they were at Figure Four Online or WrestlingObserver.com. They they claim they're going to try to watch the match, but they end up not watching. The no, match. they wind up looking up judge and jury, the executioners. Now they're using some pretty advanced technology for like a fucking you know angel fire website. <laughs> like, you I know? believe it's called a picture match, yeah. right? And since Nick is like a little Solinsky, he's so smart, right? This so, is the bit like a big computer duty trope where right. like computers in anything in the nineties they can like they're like just magic. They can do shit that we still can't do to this right. day. Like picture match is actually like not incredibly easy. No, is it? like, yeah, it's like only within the last few years <laughs> that you've like been able AI to get like, shit yeah, like that and facial recognition on yeah. like Snapchat for example right. in 1998 on like your fucking Pentium 1 maybe not even maybe a 486 yeah and on a GeoCity site quite literally, yeah, like, they're, literally. Like, they're typing in like search or something on a, a tripod or one of those sites right using like Netscape Navigator <laughs> 4.0 yeah um, we find out though that Judge and Jury's real names are yes. Judd and Jerry, you get it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah is that funny? So clever. And Joel's like, yeah, I, I remember those guys. Right, right. When I was in Baltimore. Right, and we forgot to mention he gets a phone call from, yeah. like, weird... Um, the Trudy, the, that lady. Fat, not Zelda. Yeah, not Zelda. Sabrina, not from Sabrina. Not t- not Hilda Zelda. And yeah. um, 
She tells Joel here on the phone that his dad took a vow to never be violent, and he didn't know that, but he pretends that he right. does. So now he's got two pieces of information. One, yes. that like his dad is going to just now, you know n- do nothing. Mm-hmm. And two... That uh, these guys yeah. are um, fugitives. Right. That's what Nick finds out. So we cut to the match. It's match day, Quinn. It's uh, time for the wrestling part of the show, folks. So if you've been zoning out, we'll perk your ears up now because here on our Vantage Point, <laughs> episode number 70. Get into the wrestling. It's time for the wrestling here. And uh, we see a guy scalping tickets here <laughs> while dozens and dozens of people are running late, apparently. Yeah. Why is everyone running inside? The voices, like the voiceover, right, for this? Yeah. It sounds like they're running away from, like, Godzilla or something. <laughs> they're like, uh, why are they yelling and swear? why are they so late? I don't get it. This isn't in, in Puerto Rico, and it takes the match like a million years to start anyway. Yeah. Was there an undercard on here? They didn't say there was. Was there a traffic jam somewhere? Yeah, I don't, why is there no undercard? What did they shut down the uh, Georgia Expressway or whatever, <laughs> like Starcade? What do they have like a one lane horse drawn road over here? I don't get it. Colorado. Colorado. You, you never know. You never know. We're at the Matheson Civic Center, by the way, in the <laughs> locker room the here. The fact that it tells you where yeah, they are is weird. <laughs> in the locker room with Chief and Wayne, uh, Chief said he's like on Twitter or something like that. He I'm does not sure. say Twitter. He's like, ahead of the times. What was that about? I'm not sure. We'll have to find out there. I'm all with Twitter. So anyway, uh, he comes from behind the curtain. And he's got his muscle outfit on. It's got like a, he just looks like a Superman, Superman outfit yeah. over yeah. the fake muscles. Right. Really stupid. But let's cut outside to Joel and uh, his accordion. Apparently. <sighs> this is amazing. Yeah. With the so, backstory. So apparently they have a great disguise to get them in. You know, they're going to do the trench coat thing where they like <laughs> stack on top of each other. But Joel with his little red accordion here, they have a conversation, him and Nick. <laughs> as they walk. As they to walk. The, to the Civic Center. To the Civic Center. But how when Joel was young. His dad took him to uh, Weasel World. Sounds like an amusement park. They had to ride on this weasel ride uh, 35 times. So now, anytime the chief, his dad, hears Pop Goes the Weasel, uh, he gets really, really mad. Now, Quinn, I'm a very big fan of a black and white film series from the 30s to the uh, 50s. I think I've heard of it. Known as the Three Stooges. Yes. This is actually the plot of a very early short, I think from 1934, called Punch Drunks. Now, is this with Shemp in it at all? <sighs> no, this is a curly. Well, that means it's better. At least. <laughs> it, it does. Yeah. But Shemp never gets his due. Yeah, fuck uh, Shemp. <laughs> but hey, no, no, no. Shemp's great. So this is um, directly, even down to the song. Yes. From Punch Drunks, where... Mo and Larry all meet up. Mo is like a gambler, bookie, manager, mafia But we type had guy. that in this episode, right? too. Larry is a violin player. Well, we have an accordion. <laughs> and um, Curly is a big fat guy. Right. So we have Chief, big fat guy. Right. And they've discovered that if Larry plays Pop Goes the Weasel on his violin, Curly gets really mad, so he's going to win a boxing match. <laughs> Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, 1998 stole from the Three Stooges? It did. What? So anyway, that's just a very weird plot device there. So we cut to the arena, which looks like crap. It's so bad. It's It's, it's like the equivalent to like, um, remember in uh, Family Matters when they wrestled? It looks like that with like <laughs> yeah. the Bushwhackers or whatever. Remember that one uh, 1-800-CALL-ATT commercial with D-Lo versus Steve yes. Austin? It looks like that. You yeah, know, like- it almost looks like that ring that the Ultimate Warrior fought Phil Collins in. <laughs> 
You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. I think Quinn. it's like the generic, you know, Hollywood, Hollywood set wrestling version of ring. a ring. Yeah. Absolutely. It just looks like crap. The shitty announcer that we mentioned earlier welcomes <laughs> us. And we see Nick uh, in his rabbi beard, like that it's, Bobby Heenan disguise. It's so stupid. And they're like way too tall. Yes. Like, I don't even know why they like did this tall thing. I don't know. They could have just said they were midgets and like wore like midget outfits or something. What's a midget outfit? Usually like suspenders. I always notice midgets wear suspenders for some reason. Maybe because like the belts are not big enough for them. So the It's ex- real. Okay, I believe you. So the executioners come out with their <laughs> powdered wigs and their law book and their gavel. And, I'm just uh, thinking of Aaron Judge. Yeah. Like that shit. I gotta say, this is a pretty good gimmick. It's actually better than most of the stuff from like 2003 to the, 2009. Here's the thing though, is that this is the first look we get at their masks. And I would, yeah. this is, like if you were a fugitive, yeah. I would wear like a full face mask, not like the Zorro mask. Right. He's wearing the Zorro or the Lone Ranger mask. I also probably wouldn't be a wrestler if I was a fugitive. It is a pretty good disguise if you think about it. You're right in front of everyone's face, so it's like unsuspecting. And you That's never a good point. and you never see an, a masked wrestler unmasked because you'll get disqualified. Only in Mexico, though, right? Isn't no, that no, okay? no. That's like Japan, America. That's everywhere. America. I don't think it's no, America. No, it's actually in America, too. I don't they mentioned so. it even WWF today. No. Yeah. Stop it. It's real. It's, they, in, it's the rules of wrestling. That was you, never, they never enforced that, right? They don't. In, it never happened. It very rarely happens. You have to be in a mask match that you would lose the mask. Right, where it's okay to yeah, lose the mask. But, but that's after the match anyway. Because if it wasn't part of the rules, it would just always happen. Like, they would always that's take it off. Okay, yeah. That's fine. So anyway, um, this is very strange. Amy and Diane come out in their weird cop outfits. Okay, this... They're now we're getting, Chief and Wayne down This the is aisle. a little weird. I don't like how Hot Mom's taking every opportunity to show off... That she's hot. And it's just weirder that her daughter's in the same outfit. That yeah, I didn't like. Yeah. See, they're like dressed as like sexy cops. Yeah. And they're leading. she's leading her dad and Chief down the aisle it's to... It's creepy. To I Shot the Sheriff. Yeah, the licensed music! I can't believe that they pay for that, yet we get... 18 seconds of dialogue from Brett and Owen Hart. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they pay for that fucking song there. Yep. Chief has a crappy gray shirt on now, just like, <laughs> like he found it in his closet. Like the actor found it in his closet. Yeah, it's like just a sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, like, it's and nothing. It's terrible. <laughs> so Nick and Joel made it in. They made it into the crowd. We see him in the crowd there. And uh, Wayne gives Amy, the daughter, the remote. So she promptly fucking drops it. <laughs> Immediately. It gets kicked around, and some lady gives it to a baby that's crying. <laughs> yeah, so She's now- like, oh, it's your toy. Did you drop your toy? People are giving Wayne and Chief stuff to sign. Yeah, what? How do they know who they are? It's their first match. <laughs> As they're signing <laughs> this shit. This is amazing. The executioners throw the referee... Keith Hart! <laughs> yes, the Keith Hart cameo period. He might be in this longer than Brett Owen. <laughs> out of three. He is, because he's in the whole match. Yeah. They throw him out of the ring. Now, Keith Hart, by this point, has shaved the mustache, so yeah. that's good, at least. Now, he's the uh, he's the fireman, which is funny. We have <laughs> the fire the and, the, and the chief. Now, okay, wait a second. There was something about Keith Hart that bothered me that I didn't mention to you. What's that? He's got the proper ref garb on. He does. He has the, However, the black and white stripe. There's one problem with all of it. What's that? He's got white sneakers on. That pissed me off for I'm some sorry, reason. Quinn. I was just like, this is for a TV show. You got to get it right. I agree with you. I'm not, yeah. not going to dispute that at all, but what are you going to do? It's Keith Hart. like lazy and fat, too, in this. I was just, yeah, I know. I was just surprised that um, somehow Bruce didn't horn his way into this because I'm God forbid, too, yeah. God forbid the hearts do something and Bruce isn't a part of it. Brett's my brother. I respect him tremendously for what he's achieved in the ring. 
oddly Keith. It's almost like he was so humble that yeah. Brett asked him first. You know, I'm going to ask my brother Keith because I don't really like my brother Bruce. And Keith's nice. Like, he is the nice yeah, one. Exactly. Like, it's almost like they were just like, we like Keith. Let's yeah. get Keith. No one ever complains about Keith. Maybe like Brett and Owen, like they knew they would have to be on this set for like a day or <laughs> right. two. So they were like, which brother do we like the most that we want to spend the day with? Right. And they picked Keith. They picked Keith. Uh, Chief gets his ass kicked now while yeah. Wayne is still I feel stuff. bad. Yeah. Like, it's a real bad beatdown, too. It's not like typical television beatdown. It's like pretty, it's pretty brutal. Bad. And you asked me, like, how did Wayne not notice that? Yeah, it's like very loud and slammy. Yep. And like, I, I feel like the chief is going to have a heart attack because he's out of shape. <laughs> so finally here, Wayne gets all confident. He sees what's going on and he's like, oh, I got my suit. I'll be fine. But of course, the suit isn't working because Amy is a dumb fucking idiot. Yeah, seriously. She blows it yeah. for a big wrestling fan. Right. Here. Yeah. <laughs> and the baby accidentally turns it on, though. So now Wayne's like all wiggling around all yeah. over the place. He gets some offense, but he can't stop himself from spinning around. <laughs> he accidentally throws down the chief and wanders <laughs> around outside. Now, Joel starts to play Pop Goes the Weasel from inside the trench coat. What did I just say? Now, Joel starts to play Pop Goes the Weasel from inside the trench coat. Yes. So Joel, <laughs> inside, inside, he's like, he's Ugh. not getting the sound out enough. Right, because he's like, in a coat. The chief can't hear it. He's just kind of like, oh, oh, like he can't. Yeah. Like, that's literally what he's doing. That's what happened. Yeah, and it, but it's too far away. Chief can't hear it. Meanwhile, because we have to have the full house, you know, conclusion here, Amy and Diane finally settle their feud on what? the outside. Why is this happening now? <laughs> I don't know. Like, they're... Chief's dying. Yeah. Like, uh, they're looking for the remote. The guy's wandering all over the, the arena, and they're just like, Mom, you stink. Like, yeah. it's like, really? <laughs> and then it comes down to that Amy made a mistake, just yeah. like Mom made a mistake for being late with the dentist and beating up Bret Hart or whatever. <laughs> like, now she gets That's it. That's pretty much what it was. And humans make mistakes. Right. That's the lesson of the day. Meanwhile, Wayne is just punching some guy in the crowd, and then he's choking out a fat lady. The, uh, <laughs> this is really funny. The announcer is a big fuck, by the way. Chief is dead. Boy, Chief McKenna is holding down the fort while his deputy tries to meet women. Wayne's now airplane spinning the big fat lady. Diane <laughs> finds the baby. The executioners hit Chief with the book, literally. They like, throw the book at him. They came down the ring with a big book that said the law yeah, on it and, get the, it and the gigantic gavel. Then they throw the law at yeah, him. You know, yeah. They throw the book at him. Diane finally takes the remote, and the shitty mom doesn't even realize that it's not the baby's toy. <laughs> yeah, she's like, that's mine. And like, How do you not know that? Why is your baby's toy a universal remote? <laughs> it's like, how did you not know? It's like a very distinctive thing. Right. It's a remote. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Wayne throws the fat lady past a pink belly shirt wearing Scott Keith and into a t-shirt stand. We did have a short-lived Canadian game show up here called Poutine Break. Yeah, and Diane then runs into Nick, who's dumb, and he's like, sorry, Mom. Yeah, and she starts to, like, scold him. It's like, yeah. you're supposed to be grounded for, yeah. you know, wrestling or something. <laughs> and then he tells her that these executioners, they're escaped convicts, they're fugitives, so they need to play Pop Goes the Weasel, so that way the chief gets mad, and they can beat them up. Welcome to OVP Podcast, everybody. <laughs> now, I must say this. Like, after the mom, she gives them, like, approval, right? Yes. Like, Yeah, she's like, okay, you're right. You're right. You're like this was a good call Dumb like shit. that they're the fugitives and you're trying to save your dad and chief or whatever right yeah however mm -hmm. 
they're so dumb that they just remain in disguise, like, even though they can barely walk anywhere. Like, yep. now that they got mom's approval, they don't need to do all take this shit anymore. Take the coat off. Yeah. Get off your, get out of your trench coat. Yeah. Take the beard. Maybe keep the beard on. That's kind yeah. of fun. But, you know, play the accordion. Just right. play it already. So anyway, the announcer's being a big fuckhole. Chief is getting killed with a chair. Amy and Diane again apologize to each other. Like, yeah, we're sorry. Yeah, everything's great. <laughs> Wayne is still trying to get into the ring. He can't, like, fit into it. Yeah, okay. So this is amazing. It's actually, he. Can't, it's not that he can't fit into he it. can't get into the ropes he's like he may it's basically a joke about how he goes i thought this would be the easy part like yeah. he, he's so <laughs> right. like inept at like sports or something right right that he cannot even get in the ring <laughs> and then we get a gavel shot uh, right. to the chief by the executioner Yo, that there. looked brutal it by the a, way like right shot. on his stomach yeah right in his fat and pork chief belly. sells better than some wrestlers i've seen <laughs> in real life i'm not kidding <laughs> you're right actually yeah. wayne starts to fight back and uh why is keith hart allowing yeah. Yeah, like, why is Keith Hart allowing big gavel shots and yeah. law books and stuff? Keith needs to get on it. He needs I, to I know just, we like you, Keith, but we like... We do, but you're a bad ref. Yeah. Keith's not used to this. He's used to fighting fires and, like, not wearing pants at, yeah. like, Survivor Series. Yeah, and looking, mm-hmm. like, really, like, I'm gonna get him! Yeah, that? yeah. He comes down the aisle. Right. He's like, oh, I'm gonna fight you! <laughs> He's like I don't like fighting you, Irish. Red Knight. Yeah. <laughs> so Wayne with some punches as Amy and Diane are unmasking the bad guys. Meanwhile, now, Nick steals the mic from the announcer. Thank God! <laughs> And Joel starts playing the freaking Pop Goes the Weasel song. I, this song got in my head. Yeah, we I know. Dinner Humming after this, and I'm like, I'm, I cannot get this, this stupid song out of my head. <laughs> so Chief now, of course, gets all mad because the Pop Goes the Weasel, and he starts running, fatting into everybody. You know, mm-hmm. he one and then another, and then a big splash by the Chief gets the win yep. as the announcer takes the uh, wig off. The announcer had like a bad toupee the whole yeah. time. He throws it off, and then the ladies, Amy and Diane, beat up the other executioner meanwhile wayne irish whips that executioner into the chief's gut (laughs) the bad guys get handcuffed together as all the good guys celebrate in the ring and that's it that's the the reason the reason you say that's it is because the whole time me and joe are expecting like either in the middle of the match or at the end that brett and owen were not really hurt because the injuries didn't add up right and that they were going to be like it teaches you a lesson wrestling is real or something right should have showed you you know just anything like why they're just they they, they were there for two seconds i know what the fuck alternative is like midway through they're like no do that move i showed you yeah just something (laughs) just something they were only there for like six minutes yes keith was there longer Keith the longest running hard on the show it just goes <sighs> to show you brett's acting career sucked man lonesome dove and this oh man mm. quinn that was not a good television no show. it it wasn't enjoyable to watch wrestling aside yeah it just wasn't good do you think you would have liked it had you been 10 years old at the time i mean we it would were have been young, something but... that would have like kept me busy like you know like how <laughs> shows were back then where like yeah you didn't laugh at everything but it you know it it pacifies you for you know an hour or a half an hour or whatever sure before we wrap up here what do you think of it's uh you know we like to talk about this anytime we review something that involves wrestling that's mm-hmm. not actually wrestling what do you think of it's portrayal of wrestling i think it's like terrible really I, do? I, it's, it's, it's makes it look like a joke it's just making fun of it basically and we, you know what's weird about that is mm-hmm. that it's during a time when wrestling was like super popular November 98, yeah. Yeah, like, you would think, like, they should be capitalizing. They should be hitching their horse to this thing, yeah. not making fun of it. I think you're right. This is around the same time that uh, that beloved special on NBC came out. <laughs> the Secrets of Wrestling The one Exposed. we reviewed for another season finale, yeah. yeah. It was right around that time, so it makes sense that they were 
having anything to do with wrestling, but they weren't particularly kind to it. No. They kind of, like, they treated it like real, but they made it also seem dumb. Yeah. And there was no... What the thing is, is, like, at the very end, there was no resolution with Brett and Owen. No, but at least we got Amy and Diane resolution. Yeah, but who cared? Like, and that like, was such a bad subplot, yeah, right? I, there was that, and I don't feel like Chief really got, you know, I guess he got to arrest them. He but handcuffed them, and that was he it. He didn't really care, though. He's like, hey, you're supposed to be in prison. Like, that was, like, it. <laughs> yeah, there was no real stakes there, right? Yeah. It's like, hey, aren't you supposed to still be in jail? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was it, and they just handcuffed them. <laughs> that was it. So I wish Brett and Owen would have come back at the end there and been like, oh, we told you so, like and you I said. I feel like Wayne didn't learn a lesson. Like, no. he just got away with it. It was just like, oh, my gadget worked. Kind know, of. Luckily. Yeah, like, and only because uh, they found the remote. Right. Because his fucking genius daughter lost it immediately. Like two seconds out, he hands it to her. She just goes on the it floor just, with like, it. Falls on the apron. She kicks it. Yeah, dumbass, fucking idiot. So, folks, uh, that is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the television show. Yes, and I've got to tell you, Quinn, I've got a very special treat for you. I've got a, a machine oh. back here that I want to bring out. Whoa, is this like? I figured, you know, for the finale here, and especially in light of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, I would, uh, I would show this to you here live, you know, on on the wow. air. So let me go get it, okay? I'm gonna get it here, okay? All right. So look at that, huh? Whoa! I know. Isn't that cool? Let me get back to the. Well, mic it's like here. moving the arm yeah, thing see that? that that shrinks in the movie. So, yeah. Is this is this live? Does this work? Oh my god! Oh I, shit! I don't know what I'm doing now. Oh god. Joe! Wait, shit, Quinn, watch I out! Think, is it pointing at us? <laughs> yes. What the hell's going on? Oh my oh. god! I can't control it. Joe. Oh hey, shit! Can you please? Oh oh god! What's what oh, is that? My, I don't know. What is it doing? Why is it turning at us? What turn is it, it doing? Off. Oh my god! I can't. I don't know how to turn it off. Hey, what the hell happened? What? 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 Where Everything's are we? big. What's going what on? What the hell here? is this? Our microphone shrunk too. Is this real? What happened here? I don't understand. Quinn, the machine works, but we sound stupid. Yes, we sound really stupid. I can't even see over the carpet. Well, you know, we could take this opportunity to say things stupidly because we're tiny. <laughs> Hi, I'm Renee Young. Vinny Vitti Vici. <laughs> uh, Quarter pounder with cheese. Yeah. Royale with cheese. <laughs> Folks, thank you so much here as we, uh, we peer over the carpet into yeah. our microphones. Thank you so much for uh, joining us on episode number 70. It's been a great time. I want to be bigger, Gwen. I don't yeah, like this. Yeah, hopefully we figure this out by yeah. uh, the next episode. Yeah, I really hope so. Yeah. And folks, of course, in the meantime, please reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. And of course, join the group. Quinn, we gotta find we gotta find a mushroom or something. To yeah, fix we this. gotta there's something's gotta happen. Something's so. gotta happen, but until next time, folks, have a great rest of your day, have a great rest of your week, and we will see you next week for episode number 71. See ya. See ya! Culturally accept culturally I gotta re-say that. Hang on. Hi, welcome to the blooper reel. Yeah, she's a... what what is that called? Uh the bellhop penny. Yeah, bellhop. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> That'll be edited out. Yeah. So we decided, you know what? We're going to do a game show. <laughs> Let me do that over. I stumbled. I'm going to redo this because I, my mouse is all f***ed up and I'm distracted. I see. <laughs> and for the worst, go down into the desert of death. Val- <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. Oh, 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 yeah. Chat me up about why you keep making mistakes. Uh, chat me up why <laughs> I don't edit my podcast. This would just be in the show. <laughs> Three, two, one. I don't, well, I don't know what I wrote here. Uh-huh. So, um, and why, why, <laughs> three, two, this is a good one. Yeah, why are we doing this? <laughs> why are we doing this? Yeah, he's like, um, that guy, what's his name? 
the fucking the one you hate the <laughs> the guy with the socks what's his name? pull it together Quinn we're gonna edit this in <laughs> what what's the um I don't who are you talking about uh the, the she might make Death Valley mm. Mm. all right <laughs> I have to cut that. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's accidental. First of all, and then the other thing is, you got to get over the shemp hate. You're I, always I, hating on shemp. I, you're the only person I know who owns a shemp shirt. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> I do have a shemp shirt. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our vantage point, the retro. <laughs> Just the anticipation, Quinn, of how bad this is going to be. <laughs> Fuck this. It's so bad. <laughs> Wait, what were we? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Which, what was the one we picked again? Um, line number 21 on the spreadsheet. That'll be, That'll the, be blooper the blooper reel. reel. Uh-oh. Uh-oh.